Your ass is radioactive. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, November 25th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 255. This is No Agenda. Well, Turkey is an appropriate symbol for us as I come to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. A sheeple turning into turkeys. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, the home of Ready Kilowatt, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. And in the morning to you, my friend, John. In the morning to you and in the morning to all ships at sea. And all boots on the ground and to all our human resources in the chat room uh, on this Thanksgiving day at uh, noagendachat.net where the party is always happening, where everyone is a good human resource, charged up and ready to go the way your government loves you. The home of the what did you say there in uh, Silicon Valley? The home of Ready Kilowatt. What's Ready Kilowatt? He's the guy who is the mascot for uh, Pacific Gas and Electric. He's a very rich guy, because I know he takes all of my money. Well, whatever the case is, he's anorexic. Yeah, and he, he stop, he's a vegan. <laughs> Ready Kilowatt is a vegan, I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, happy Thanksgiving to you, John. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out uh, in the open. And I want to mention, uh, go to the blog. Actually, there's a link on the first uh, uh, picture of the turkey in the bikini. Um, to uh, <laughs> link this? to the bottom thing, so we understand the true, the, the absolutely uh, the facts about Thanksgiving, which have nothing to do with pilgrims and Indians, but a resolution uh, uh, made by Abraham Lincoln in 1861 to commemorate the uh, uh, the death of uh, the soldiers in the Civil War, the first year of the Civil War. You know, uh, Mickey was. <laughs> that's a very funny picture, by the way. <laughs> Mickey was telling me um, she was in her uh, in her class. Now this is an advanced uh, class of actors. Oh, I'm sorry, just receiving the bat signal there. And uh, so it's um, it's people from all over the world. And the guy who runs this is uh, Eric Morris. And uh, and he was explaining um, the uh, Thanksgiving celebration to the uh, children from foreign lands. And he, yeah, and, it was, and he literally it was the crock of crap, I'm sure. And he literally laid down the because uh, you know Mickey knows the story because I've told her, of course, and the true story, like you just told it. And he laid down that well, you know, after we could finally harvest something ourselves, we sat. <laughs> wait, it gets better. We sat down with the Indians and we had a big feast. And then, uh, and then one of the foreign kids says, "Well, didn't you guys like murder all the Indians? So in fact, wasn't that like celebrating the Holocaust?" <laughs> <laughs> Eric Morris, being quite Jewish, was uh, very upset. No, this is not true. <laughs> but I think it should. I think it's. Uh, we should celebrate the Holocaust of the Native American Indian. I think that's a, a, a perfect way to celebrate. Yeah. Well, there goes the what two Indian viewers we, or listeners we have. What do you mean? I'm uh, the, I'm actually giving the Native American Indians. Well, you props. don't celebrate it. I mean, it's not like no. Yay! But it's obviously um, uh, meant as a uh, what do you call it? Cynicism. Cynicism. <laughs> Cynicism. That's what it is. So and anyway, so Thanksgiving, as we know, it really didn't begin until uh, the 1860s. And then it still took a while to determine when to actually have the celebration. And then the cock and bull story came up, like, I don't know, in the 40s or 30s. I don't know even when that began. I haven't yet to track down the day that that was invented. And then, of course, it, it really is just uh, turned into a, 
A day of shopping experience. Or a pre-shopping. The pre-shopping. Pre uh, you know, nobody goes shop. Why didn't people just go shopping on Wednesday? Well, no, me, no, no, no. Let me tell you. Um, I had to pick up a tuxedo. As you know, I rent them. Um, ah. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad I do because now I have to have a white one. So it would be kind of lame if I had a black tuxedo and I had to go to this white party. Um, what are they racist? What do yeah, you mean, no yeah, white yeah. It's party? a blackface, of course. No, you douchebag. It's the uh, opening of the supper club, and so the dress code is silver on white. Hey, get a you should have a silver tux. Yeah, of course. Every every man should have a silver tux, but I don't. Okay, so we went to the Glendale Galleria Mall. Oh my god! In a rented in rented clothes. No, <laughs> I went to rent the clothes there. But okay. oh my god, John, it was packed. Everybody was already in there because they do have pre Black Friday sales going on. Yeah, they're trying to move it up to July. Yeah, the whole thing is a is is just a crazy ass shopping experience. You know what, was, what I thought was peculiar because I went shopping on Wednesday for the Thanksgiving, uh, you know, vegetables and potatoes and all the things you need to have with the turkey. And I did get a kosher valley. Somebody recommended getting a. Uh, a kosher turkey, because I, I mentioned before that our heirloom birds are dead right. from the farm that we were going to get them from. Right. So uh, somebody said, get a kosher turkey because it's been pre-brined, and it's you know a free, usually a free range. The, co you know, the, the kosher has certain rules. So I got this kosher turkey mm -hmm. from Kosher Valley, and then I went shopping yesterday, for, and I said, okay, I, I, I put it off to about 3 o'clock. I said, okay, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to get into the, you know, the vegetable place and Monterey Foods in this case and, and go shopping. It's going to be a madhouse, it dead empty. You know, I went, I went to do my um, shopping yesterday. It was a madhouse. It was not dead, dead empty. Dead empty. Oh, it was a madhouse. Hey, you know what I got? I got uh, Brussels sprouts on the vine. Yeah. That's cool. You just have to chop them off the vine, so what's the point? It's a, it, it looks like a medieval club. It's decorative, yes. <laughs> it's cool. And it's like, oh, that's how they grow. Okay. You know, kids don't know that. If you said to somebody, hey, grab me a stick of those, I'd be like, oh, daddy, I don't want to eat that. What is that? That's Brussels sprouts on a stick, child. Yeah, that's I what decided that is. to go with the uh, chard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm cooking, too, and I am starting at 1 o'clock. Uh, we got a turkey that's way too big for the amount of people coming. I mean, well, how big did you get? 16 pounds. Mm. Yeah. It's only going to be like five people. 16? <laughs> you can have a lot of turkey sandwiches. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's Miss Mickey, though. Why don't you just make like a, buy a loaf of bread, make a lot of turkey sandwiches with the leftovers, and then and, go and out hand them and out. give them yeah. to, to the people. homeless? Yeah, I think we will. I think that's exactly what we In fact, we discussed that very thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think that's exactly There's what we're doing. plenty down in L.A. Yep, they're out sunning today. They're tanning. They are. They they lie on the street and they're like rolling over and tanning. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I see this all the time. It's nuts. Uh, anyway, uh, so as per usual, we are here doing a show. Uh, as the U.S. Postal Service would say, neither rain nor sleet nor snow or some other crap. That's gloom just of night. Gloom even of night. In the morning. Yeah. Um, we are here and uh, it doesn't matter what day the, the fake holidays fall on because we really don't recognize them because they're fake. And that's why we're here with uh, with no agenda, bringing you so the show. So let's give a few shout-outs to the today's executive producers. We've got one executive producer and four associate executives. Okay. Two of them being new people. Mm. Uh, starting with Norman McDonough in Kirchner, 
Ontario, 345.67, pronounced McDonough. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Uh, is it, what's the, Norman so, McDonough. Nice what? uh, nice numerology, though. Uh, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven. Nice. Thank uh, you very much. You were close last time. No, I wasn't. Uh, happy Thanksgiving and keep up the great work. Uh, and he says an in memoriam to Cranky Geeks, the <laughs> famous uh, podcast. I think you should send all of your guests a dollar. A what? All of your guests who are on Cranky Geeks, you should send a dollar now. Since it was an oh, in, I'd be out to $250,000. Right. Christopher, or five bucks, one of the two. Christopher Scalenda, Boulder, Colorado, associate executive producer. Hey, gave us it's my man. 256 to help the extra, which is today's show. Uh huh. Every, every week I hope to be somebody gives us the exact amount of the show number. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, two fifty six to help buy an extra bit. You'll need to store episode. <laughs> because, because uh, right, uh, uh, what it, what is explain binary. the bits in the binaries? Because episode two fifty six, that's our final bit, right? Then then yeah, we, right. Then, then we, we go, go to, right. Then you go to another something rolls over. Another K of memory. <laughs> Who knows? Chris Galenda, by the way, the uh, the uh, engineering genius behind the Big App Show on Android. And he does. He's he's obviously talented and talented, and smart, and 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 generous and loving. Yes, Simon Bennett, Ipswich, Suffolk, uh-huh. UK, two fifty five. Jonas Astrum, Vindelin, someplace which makes a mess on my screen. Sweden. Scre- it's uh, Ven- Venster Button, I think. Venster, Venster, Venster Button, two hundred dollars. Greetings, Adam and John from a snowy someplace. If I could get in a, a no uh, in the morning, in the morning, and a uh, he'd be uh, a happy camper. A toot on your train whistle. He wanted a toot. He wanted a toot. That would be great. And he wants a Lumberg. Great. Great. Uh, can you uh, come in those, on those TPS reports? Saturday? Um, uh, can you come yeah. in? Uh, yeah, do yeah. yeah, yeah. Philip Smith, Frankston, Victoria, Australia, two hundred dollars, and those are our associate executive producers for this show. And want to thank all of them. And Adam will tell you what it means. Yeah. Before I get to that, though, a couple of quick PR mentions. Uh, <coughs> a reminder that the red No Agenda dice uh, are available until November thirtieth for your pre-order at noagendadice dot com. And a uh, shout-out to Will, who, uh, for some reason, the picture showed up sideways in my show note thingy here, uh, who was really uh, propagating the formula. Uh, John, did you see this email where there was a sign on campus at his uh, college, and it said, Interested in becoming an ecologist, naturalist, teacher, field scientist, extension agent? There's a new course, Biodiversité, Causes, Consequences, and Conservation. And uh, that'll be offered through winter uh, winter 2011 at the OSU eCampus. And he posted a sign underneath it, right underneath it, and he took a picture of it. It says, tired of being another slave amongst all the human resources? The science is in! Biodiversité, <laughs> money, hysteria, and global governance. Learn all you need about biodiversité. And he spelled it with the uh, A accent A. Uh, and more at noagendashow.com live in the morning Sunday and Thursday at 9 a.m. I think that that is a very fine example of a of a local PR executive who gets it. That is the way to do it. Yeah, I mean that's total you know, total grassroots cool stuff. 
It's the what kind of subversion we're looking for. <laughs> exactly. Keep it up. Come on, kids. That's Bring right. up your game. Yeah, really. We are corrupting the what youth of America, take? and we're proud of it. So, Norman McDonough, our executive producer for episode 255, executive, uh, associate executive producers Christopher Scalenda, Simon Bennett, Jonas Asterman, uh, Philip Smith, thank you all so much for your support of the No Agenda Show. Uh, the only way we keep the show running is through your uh, support and lovingly loving giving levels. And you can do that at uh, Dvorak.org slash NA. Of course, you now receive an official credit. It is good. And you can put it on the IMDB. You can put it in your email signature, on your resume. And unlike Hollywood, we actually will vouch for you. Everybody else, just like Will, you got to go out and propagate the formula, people. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And oh, it, well, actually, the one I do want to mention was Simon Bennett, who who did give the exact two fifty five. It's yes. uh, Chris yes. did it for next week's show, but hopefully somebody else will follow up. So you were wrong, and I was wrong by agreeing with you. Well, you know, as I thought about it, uh, duh! I, I, how stupid I, are we? Yeah, because it makes more logical sense to what, exactly what they did. Which was, you know, minimize, you know, they, the, the opportunity for, for positive PR for the TSA was, exa- we did suggest the possibility that this would happen. Yeah, but no, but we predicted incorrectly, and I think we have to say it. And when, when I started reading uh, all the messaging and I started seeing what they were doing, I was like, oh, of course, it makes so much sense. It makes more sense. So, than what so we for thought. people who have not heard it, uh, we said, well, they're probably going to slow it down. Planes will take off half empty. It's going to be a madhouse. No, quite the opposite. And like, duh, of course it makes so much sense to do it that way. They were they were passing people by the naked body scanners, putting them only through, rushing them through, rushing them through, making it really easy, really friendly. They had TSR, uh, a TSR, TSA PR people at all the major airports doing live shots because I, I checked around the dial um, live shots on the morning show, so they had a you know a different guy everywhere, really friendly, um, and of course the mainstream media is way buying into this. Oh yeah, well way buying into it, and it was interesting because um, Pistol Pete there, the administrator of the PSA, uh, Pistoli. It's you spell it Pistoli, but it's I guess it's Pistol. Uh, I got a note from one of our producers who works at mainstream media, and it was a forward from the White House that he was doing a, a telephone conference, press conference. And it had the number to dial in and everything. I'm like, yeah, great. I got a question for him. Right? Yeah. And in fact, my, my, my question was going to be, it was very simple. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, you're already t- telling us it wasn't answered. Of course it wasn't answered. Huh. Uh, I was going to say, in the morning, Mr. Pistol, two questions. I, I was so looking forward to that. I was going to say, although John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins has deemed certain low levels of backscatter x-rays safe for the traveling public, it is unknown if all AIT machines adhere to the proposed ANSI standard in regards to the amount of radiation emitted from the backscatter AIT machines. When can the public expect to have detailed information on the testing of each manufacturer's machines to be posted on the TSA.gov website? And why are TSA agents not allowed to wear dosimeters? And I thought that was a, would be a good question, right? Oh, yeah, right. So I call in, you know, I get the... Now, first of all... Uh, I call in and I say, you know, so you got to do first name. Someone actually live answers. 
know, uh, Adam Curry, spell it. And, uh, you, wh- what's the outlet are you from? No Agenda. <laughs> Could you spell that? Yeah. N-O-A-G-E-N-D-A. Uh-huh. Where you calling from? Los Angeles. Okay. And then I'm on, you know, it's like I'm on before the call, and you have to press pound, a star one to ask a question. I press star one, like three seconds later, click, I'm disconnected. <laughs> so, and, you know, I dial back in, go through the whole rigmarole, and then I can't ask questions anymore. You know, the star one doesn't work. And there was all kinds of like, hey, John, how you doing? It was almost like one of those um, where analysts call for a, a quarterly. Yeah, and everybody's uh, chummy. They always say, hey, great, great quarter, y'all. Yeah, great, great cue. Yeah, I really loved your numbers. Great quarter. It's like, hey, John, how you doing? But there were a couple of questions which I think uh, may have still been set up. But there was something I did learn. Uh, and it came from the following question. There's a press release from, from CARE, one of the, one of the Muslim groups in, in, in the U.S. here, that, that says that you, they, that you guys will allow some people to, to pat down themselves. Is that true? Ah! To pat down themselves. Interesting question, right? So um, let's listen to his initial answer. So we allow, um, uh, excuse me, we allow um, uh, you know, a private screen if somebody requests that in terms of the... Um, uh, whether it's the, the, the patent down, uh, if, they, if they opt out of AIT. So that's always uh, an option. Um, uh, but in terms of... Um, you, know, you can just see people like scrambling around, right? You can say, what, what, is it, what, is it, what is it? Get the care, get the care press release. Who, what the hell is this? We've got to figure this one out. Any other specifics, and it's, we, we just do that with our standard protocol. Uh, for those, uh, for those people who want to go see their loved ones. So, um, Mike, let me... Okay, so now um, I spliced that a little too tight. So now uh, he's answering a different question, and he comes back to the self-pat-down. Very interesting piece of information. If I can just go back, uh, I'm not sure I had the full um, question on the, for example, the religious headwear things. We do allow a self uh, for example, somebody could pat down their own headwear, if you will, and then we do explosive trace detection uh, of the hand on there to make sure that uh, that person, that there's not explosives in the headwear that could be concealed or something. So it, just to, to clarify that. So I found that very interesting. So if you can pat down your headgear where well, you can hide enough PETN to blow your head off, yeah. Why can't you pat down your own crotch and say, here, sniff, smell my finger? Yeah, smell <laughs> swipe, my finger, swipe, pull my finger. Swipe my finger. That makes a lot more sense. In fact, it makes a lot more sense than this groping, doesn't it? I mean, is, isn't, that, isn't it the whole naked body scanner is to see suspicious packages uh, other than the huge ones we have, John, you and I? Um, is to see suspicious packages which could contain non-metallic explosives. I mean, don't you want to be wiping people and, and, and stuff down, and can't you just do a self-pat-down? Well, you know, they can do a swab of you, too. I mean, but the point is, is the uh, they, got, they have an issue with the Muslims uh, who are going to be wearing stuff that they can't be touched. Yeah, but, and all I, the but, rest it, of- but it's ridiculous. It's a, no, the whole thing's ridiculous. The whole thing is idiotic. And let, let, let's go over. I want to get this out of the way. Let me get yeah. a couple clips done. Yeah, I, and yes. Okay. I'm completely irked by the story and the fact that they, what they pulled, the stunt they pulled on Thanksgiving by rushing everybody through the magnetometers and then coming out and saying, oh, see, there was no protest. Things actually went better than usual. Nobody cares. They all, you know, and then they start citing this Washington Post poll, which, by the way, uh, if you look at it, you know, that ABC News Washington Post poll, 64% of the American public support this. 
every time they show this poll, they do show the sample size. What do you think the sample size is? 1,000 1, people. 514. <laughs> Even less. <laughs> it's like I got that many people at the house for, for Thanksgiving tonight. We have at least that many listeners. That's about <laughs> so, it. So, I mean, so it's a bogus poll, and the, new, the media is all over it. It's not a polling of people who actually fly. And then when they, when they go and start asking people at the airport, you get a bunch of, you get, you know, the, the one. The shills. The shills. I want to play. You got a shill. I'm going to play this clip. You got a kid. This is the clip of Stooges at airport. Uh-huh. That you got a kid who's got a, I don't know, he's got a speech defect. <laughs> hey, 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 no laughing at, at, at people with defects. He's got one. Uh-huh. And then there's a guy who's like some, you know, he says it's all bull, bull crap. And then there's a guy who says, I think it's great. And you look at this guy, I'm telling you, he's a pervert. I think and it's then, worth it. I'm sorry. And then somebody else. But just play this. This is what you're, so this is what the media. Hmm. You still there? Hold on. Oh, that was weird. Hold on. You there? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Something happened. Just say uh, this is where the media what? <laughs> this is where the me- this is what the media feeds us. I think it's worth it to keep safe. To get patted down? Well, I'd rather not do it, but to be safe, right. it's worth it. I mean, what else can you do? I think it's unnecessary. Personally, I don't like it. Um, but I didn't feel unsafe. But I didn't feel like it made me any safer. I had the pat down this morning in Tallahassee, and it was no problem whatsoever. I was not offended at in the least. Earlier today, we spoke- amazing. They couldn't find one person who didn't like it. It's just amazing how that works. You know, Napolitano <laughs> was on... Um, wait, 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 wait. They start off with Sylvester the Cat, then they go to Cleveland <laughs> yeah. from the Cleveland show. Around the globe! <laughs> Napolitano was on Charlie Rose, and she rolled out the meme. There is a meme for the Securité in America and around Gitmo Nation. Here it comes. And, and what I say is, look... Uh, First the- of all, look. 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 You stupid slave. I want you to look. And, look. and what I say is look. Look. Uh, the look. threat uh, is uh, real. Uh, we know that from last Christmas. Th- so, so, first of all, John, the threat is real. We know that from last Christmas. Threat is A year ago. Out. Yeah, yeah, but we know that. It's real. Outers or liquids or gels onto a plane to use as an explosive. The new machines give us a much better uh, chance of finding those kinds of things. Uh, and uh, the revised pat-down uh, procedure helps us to make sure uh, that if something appears as an anomaly that we don't, uh, the screener really can't tell what it is, that we can resolve that anomaly. In the end result, what it means is that you are safer getting on the plane and you can have greater confidence that the other people on the plane with you have been properly screened. So that is, the, that is really the, uh, the new meme, and this is what Pistol Pete was uh, propagating, is you want to know that the people around you have been scanned. It's not about you. It's about you want to make sure the other guy is is scanned. And this is a very dangerous precedent because you are turning the people against themselves. And this is an ongoing theme, which we call a meme. And just wait for it continuously. This was the don't you want to be in an airplane where you know everyone else has been screened? Yeah, you're right. We should have spotted this a couple shows ago. Yeah. Were I'm actually surprised it's so subtle that we didn't spot it earlier, but because uh, Pete was doing this, well, it's not about you. It's about yeah, it's making about, sure about, you're yeah, safe because exactly. all these creeps around you, yes. all the public, all your fellow citizens are a bunch of criminals, right. and you want to make sure that they've been scanned. Exactly. Now, she said something really interesting 
which you could interpret two ways. Guess which way I interpreted it. Are there more of them? Are they using people who have a U.S. passport? Or, you know, all that. Right. Um, well, a couple of things. Right. I, I think uh, we can uh, say that uh, the big uh, long-term conspiracy involving lots of players uh, who were in on the conspiracy, uh, like 9-11. I, <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> <laughs> so how do you read that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I read yeah. it quite clearly. Hello. <laughs> but wait, there's more. But that has changed. Uh, why? Changed. Because uh, uh, our adversaries have uh, figured out that uh, we, we've gotten pretty good. It's, this is she, two guys in a cave. But she says it so incredibly. She says the conspiracy has changed. All the people were in it. Why? Because the other guys. She literally says the other people who are not necessarily the conspiracy. She's, I mean, words matter. Right? <laughs> to me, that really mattered. Just listen to the transition where she says, why has the conspiracy changed? Well, because those other guys, listen to it. Changed. Uh, why? Because uh, uh, our adversaries have... The adversaries, that's the other guys. A- am I reading this wrong? I mean, I, she probably didn't mean it that way, but it sounds a lot like a Freudian slip to me. I've uh, figured out that uh, we, we've gotten pretty good at finding large conspiracies. So the kinds of uh, attacks that are planned or that are being contemplated are one person, two person, uh, not high tech, but low tech. That sounds like this show. We're not high tech. We're low tech. We're not one person. We're two persons. We are the adversaries, John. We we're are. Definitely, I don't think we're low tech. No. Uh, now let one more. Right, that's, one, one more that's from interesting. Janet. I mean, this woman is dangerous. Oh hell yeah! And here's what's coming next, everyone. And by the way, three hundred individual emails, all different, all varying just a little bit with links to stories and stuff. Well, I think uh, uh, they're they're going to continue to probe the system and try to find a way through. Um, uh, I think uh, the tighter we get on aviation, we have to uh, also be thinking now about going uh, on to mass transit or yeah. the trains. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is all over the news. Uh, so yeah. what do we need yeah. to be hey, doing? Obama. I just wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You're going to... You, no, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't call for the Obama clip when I wasn't ready for it. Hold on. The Obama clip. Yeah. Here it is. Obama about trains what we're talking about is a vision for high-speed rail in america imagine boarding a train in the center of a city no racing to an airport and across a terminal no delays no sitting on the tarmac no lost luggage no taking off your shoes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think uh the tighter we get on aviation we have to uh, also be thinking now about going uh, on to mass transit or yeah. to trains or trains. Uh, maritime. Maritime. Uh, so That's what, an expensive word for boats. What do we need to be doing to strengthen our protections Yeah, and there? then public buses will be next. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's because they got to sell these damn machines. Well, so now, so let me just reiterate the th- what, our, you know, what we're saying is, of course, what has happened now and uh, we are turkeys. You can call us sheeple, but we're turkeys. We're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I want to make sure the guy next to me has been screened. And uh, pat downs. Well, just go through the scanner, and uh, and they continue to lie about the uh, about the radiation. No radiation. That's the that's the proper amount. Is none. They never talk about radiation. Never. Um, it we is, have letter after letter coming from the out of the woodwork from radiologists that say they would never walk through this thing. Right. 
And um, and and Johns Hopkins has not approved these machines. They have come out and said, well, you know, a little bit of radiation is okay. Uh, did you see, by the way, the, um, I think it was, let me see. I think it was CBS. This was an amazing report. And they said, uh, hold on, let me just find it here. It's uh, Radiation Truths and Lies. That's what it is. And it is a CBS News uh, online special report. And um, they are essentially telling us um, that the scanners, according to Johns Hopkins, which is not true, by the way. You can look it up, and I've put those links in the show notes again. Johns Hopkins has not evaluated the machines. They have come out with a report uh, regarding amounts of radiation. And so here we have a little slideshow, and they are, uh, and there's also the Health, Physic, Health Physics Society, which is a professional organization. And so here's the truth. I mean, this is literally how the airport scanners and 12 must-known, must-know rate, radiation risks. Are airport scanners dangerous? The Transportation Safety Administration says absolutely not, but travelers have expressed their doubts, fearing that submitting to the scans will expose them to hazardous radiation. What's the truth? Well, CBS News, the Ministry of Truth, asked leading radiation safety experts from MIT and respected health physics society for the real scoop, real scoop on radiation levels from the new scanners and 12 other every, everyday radiation sources, many of, which, many of which you probably never thought about. So they've got uh, 12 truths, John. This is truth. Okay? So one scan from a typical backscatter security scanner might deliver 0.005 to 0.01 rem. By the way, that's, that's a fluctuation of 100%, which I don't think is, is good for any calibrated machine. No, and, and by the way, these machines are not run by radiologists. They're not checked daily. They can no. be out of kilter and, and zapping the crap out of you for all you know. And everybody also says that since they target the skin, it's an overdose on the skin itself. You're going to get skin cancer cases all over the country. So MIT, Dr. Francis Mara, says there is no known risk from being scanned. It's never been demonstrated. Well, yeah, because it's never been researched. That's why there's no known risk. I mean, that's, no known risk doesn't mean there's no risk. Okay, so what are the other sources of radiation, John? Radioactive water. Did you know that drinking three glasses of water a day for a year might give you a cumulative exposure of about 0.045 millirems? That's at least five times more than the dose from an airport scanner. Did you know that, John? Well, it's... That obviously the scanners have nothing going on. No. Let's, they don't even work. Let's look at the next one. Some buildings are made with stone known to emit tiny amounts of radiation. Case Unbelievable. In, case in point, New York's landmark train station, Grand Central Terminal. Wait for your tra- train for an hour there, and you might be exposed to about 0.06 millirem, at least six times more than an airport scanner. Wow. I didn't know that. They're coming up with a million excuses. Power plants are permitted to emit tiny quantities of radiation. <laughs> People living within 50 miles, like the Simpsons, uh, can be exposed <laughs> up to 0.1 millirem daily. My gosh, John, that's like, that's like 10 times more than, the, than being naked body scanned. And coal contains traces of radioactive substances. Living 50 miles away from a coal... F- I mean, you're screwed if you live near a nuclear reactor. You, you, you might as well just shoot yourself now. <laughs> it's like, no matter where you live, in fact, you're exposed to low levels of background radiation. Notice how they put the background there in quotes because it's backscatter, background. This is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a connection. 
uh, from air, soil, water, and cosmic radiation that bombards the Earth from outer space. I thought I was the crackpot. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's yeah, play, well, as a break, play the Apologist Stooges medley, which is a bunch of people on CNBC, or MSNBC and other stations, you know, with their crap. And the very end is, is Matt Lauer. Oh, okay, let's listen. There's this minor inconvenience that people are having to go through. It's not ideal. We should fix it. But I just, I think that people are getting very upset about something that's not that big a deal. I mean, this, this has to be done. I, I mean, I'm sorry that it's intrusive. And I'm very sorry that people are insulted. But, uh, you know, the alternative is that we risk something. What does it say about us as a culture that we get more bent out of shape about this issue than we do about massive unemployment. I hate to even think of what happens if the government caves in on this and relaxes these procedures and someone manages to get something on board a plane and kill us all. Unbelievable. John, did you know that the human body emits radiation? Oh, well, it's, yeah, just walking around. Is, oh, is, no, like, no, my, no, why don't I just no. x-ray myself? No way. <laughs> Let me just wrap myself in some film. One year of spooning with your spouse might expose you to two millirems, at least 200 times the dose from an airport scanner. <laughs> Mickey, your ass is radioactive. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> These guys never let up. We can't, cannot win. This battle cannot be won. <laughs> Honey, your ass is apparently All we can do is tell people to stay out of the machine and get to, and get to groping and get it over with and know that in some areas the cops, by the way, so I got a story off, uh, I was doing, uh, I can't even say who. Hold, hold, on, hold on, hold on, what? What? Your ass is radioactive. How? I, it's trust me. Have you Not seen that thing? Conversation. Yes. Yeah, it's hey, radioactive. The joke is over. Yeah, the joke is over. John says. All right. She came in. You know, it's like when she comes into the room, I got to respond. All right. What do you have, John? Guy is apparently a policeman in a local jurisdiction area where apparently I guess they can arrest the TSA for doing certain things. In other words, if they grope you and somebody files charges. The cops actually, there's some local cops, and I think this takes place around the country if you think about it. So local cops love to come in and arrest TSA people. Yeah, of course they do. Because and they, apparently the, it would, a situation that occurred in an in a, in a, uh, airport, uh, the, re, the guy comes in, happily cuffs the TSA guy, yeah. and makes sure to walk him past the line, the line of people <laughs> waiting to go in, and he gets a round of applause. Of course. From all the passengers, the TSA has a serious, serious problem if this ever happens, and apparently it does. And the cops just relish the idea because they have to travel once in a while and know what a bunch well, of... Well, they also... The cops... Because of the badges. Cops actually earn their badge, and these TSA people were handed them to... They had, like, merit badges, Boy Scout badges, and to give them some semblance of authority, they were given real badges. And I'm sure that pissed cops off. It's about the badge, you know. It really is. So, yeah, yeah, no, the badge is important. It can't be just not. It's not to be marginalized by a bunch no, of you know no. these these phonies. Okay, so let's move off this topic. Unless you got something something more. I do. I want to do the one last thing, which is the Matthews douchebag clip. <laughs> uh, Matthews had a who's a uh, um, Chris Matthews. Yeah, Chris Matthews. Who oh, he's is a douchebag. That's he's it. a stooge for the TSA in this regard, and he thinks that the you know the scanners are great. So he has on for the he has on this Ginger McCall, who is the actually the lawyer for Epic. 
and they're suing the TSA, and he puts her on and makes her the butt of an attack. He tries to shout her down. Uh, he eventually insults her, puts words in her mouth, claims that she's calling uh, – he claims he doesn't knows nothing about the Chertoff thing. The whole interview with her trying to defend herself is a is a catastrophe, and he is a total douchebag in this regard. If you play this clip by the end, you you will be disgusted the way it ends up. National Security Theater. What? It makes people feel. What better. do you mean? A lot of money changes. One hundred and seventy thousand dollars each for these machines. Two point four billion dollars in the GAO report. So, who, who, I'm following you. Where, where, what about the money changing hands? Who's getting this money? You're talking about? Probably the same revolving door people that. that so get our money government is, these is there's, there's dirty business here. Well, there's a problem with a revolving door. People no, going no. from agencies. We're to buying. You're saying we're buying faulty equipment because somebody is getting the money who has influence. Yes. There's uh, who, is, who are you accusing here, well, specifically? Michael Chertoff has been shown to have ties to these companies. Okay, but it's so not Michael Chertoff is what him. in the tank with some businesses? They're doing business with the government. You're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. How about how about Ray LaHood? I'm not familiar. Well, he's the head of transportation safety. I mean, he said it's the Department of Transportation. Is he part of this problem? I can't really speak to that. But you're saying we have machinery now because a Republican in the past administration had some sweetheart deal with some suppliers, some vendors. It's not just Chertoff. TSA has a history of this. They Who have else the is involved machines. in bed with these, buying these faulty machines? I'm not going to name names for you. I can talk about the machines and their no, capabilities but you made a, and you, their you, lack see, of See, we're finally getting to the bottom of it. You believe the United States government is using faulty machinery because of corrupt deals. Dude, does he not read USA Today? I mean, USA Today published the list of people who were involved in this. Well, not only that, but she's being actually, you know, she's just kind of, you know, explaining what she sees as going on from the perspective of Epic. And he's going on putting words in her mouth constantly. And then he makes a weird accusation at the end. The whole thing is ridiculous. Continue. I think that this machinery, I know that this machinery is not effective at detecting. And you're that. saying because Michael Chertoff, who was head of, of uh, transportation safety, was. No, he wasn't. He was Homeland Security, not transportation security. Right. The head of, of Homeland Security was involved. That's the only reason that I can see for the United States spending $2.4 billion on technology that's not effective at picking up the powdered explosives. Okay. Do you know anything about this, Earl? Do you have any idea, reason to believe that our government's corrupt and it comes to Homeland Security and protecting us? <laughs> There's gambling going on over there, Earl. What's happening? <laughs> At airports. I want, I want to believe that the American security apparatus is in the interest, acting in the best interest of keeping Americans safe. And that the administration, meaning the TSA at this point, has acted with... With whatever information they have that le le rose to the level of scrutiny that we have now. Wow. Uh, I think at the end of the day, we all want the right thing, which is for people to be safe and secure and traveling about the country and the world. Well, I want to have Michael, Michael Chertoff, if you're watching, I want you on the show to defend yourself. That's a serious charge. You've just That's how I book all my guests. Hey, Michael Chertoff, if you're watching this piece of crap show, I want you on. Accuse him of corruption. I am not accusing him you of accuse corruption. You accuse him of buying faulty equipment because the deals that are made with sweetheart arrangements with history. vendors. TSA has a history. Why doesn't she just say, yeah, that's what I'm accusing him of? Why doesn't she just say, yeah, yeah, that's right. She's a Me, lawyer. And, oh, okay. They need to, Chris Matthews, hey, Chris Matthews, if you're listening to this show, I want to be on your show. I'll say it. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm accusing him of.
And and by the fa- by the way, he was saying, oh, we shouldn't profile. We shouldn't be. This is another one of those things that's just coming out. We shouldn't profile people. No, that's not American. We shouldn't profile. We need scanners. When he was director of Homeland Security, he was saying this. of buying equipment before they've actually demonstrated the effectiveness. Why of this have they equipment. done it in this case? You said it because of a, of a sweetheart would, arrangement with vendors. That would be vendors. speculation, and I can well, only. You're admitting you're speculating. Well, I can say that Chertoff is connected. That came out last year with the developers and the manufacturers. Therefore, of this he, technology. he made a deal he shouldn't have had on behalf, on behalf of the U.S. government. That's again, that's not really what I'm here to speak about. I can tell you, you about the fact that these machines are not. Well, you're on the record. I'm, you're on the record, Ginger McCall, with accusing Michael Chertoff <laughs> of dirty business on behalf of the United well, States. Well, I think that I'd probably not be alone in that, and I think okay, that he well, himself has admitted we'll that he has that ties the next to these few hours. companies. You made a serious charge. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. If it's true, <laughs> it's a serious charge. I don't think it is, but we'll see. Thank you, Earl. Saw this, and thank you, Ginger McCall. Coming up, Saturday. Yeah, that's a real journalist. I don't think it is. Uh, uh, I don't think it is. Yeah, it's a serious charge. Serious charge. I don't think it is. I don't but, think but it's true. But what, what, what Epic fails what to is see. He, who is he working for? Ministry of Truth. Unbelievable. But what uh, what people fail to recognize is that the, the airport and the TSA is just the tiny tip of the spear. Because, uh, you know, what's, what's $2 billion? Well, whatever. $170,000 per machine. That's what you got to look at. So you got to sell a lot of machines. I mean, this is pure and business. You have to keep selling them. You just can't sell them to the airports and then, be, yeah, and then close shops. Yeah, not just to the government. You got to sell them to sports arenas. You got to sell schools. them to movie theaters, schools. You got to sell them to every, everyone who, you know, banks. That's why the, the fix is in to keep people from talking about the radiation. And if they talk about it, you marginalize it with all this bogus crap that Mickey's Johns got Hopkins, a radioactive butt that's worse than the, the scanner and all the rest of it. <laughs> I say I'll walk through that scanner. By the way, you're in trouble for saying she has a radioactive butt. If uh, I'll say, <laughs> say, I'll walk through your scanner if you if you uh, spoon her butt. <laughs> she's, she's my new free pass. She's yeah. going to be irked. Anyway, there's a, there's a lot of research that I've done uh, which you might be interested in. It warrants some research about the patents behind the uh, naked body scanner. Uh, the patent uh, actually was. Uh, registered by a firm called IRT, who went uh, in an astounding bankruptcy case, sold all their assets for $6.8 million in cash, which is pretty much the value of the desks and the computers, including their patents to Thermo uh, Instrument Systems, Inc., who, um, oh, did about $2 billion last year. How does that work? Um, and, and so they do, they, they own the patents to this and it's a very nefarious, weird company. It's a publicly listed company, by the way. Uh, I'm sorry, $2.2 billion in the last quarter, not the last year, the last quarter. What's the name of this company again? Thermo Instrument Systems, Inc. Thermo or Thermo? Thermo, 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 T-H-E-R-M-O. And, uh, here's the New York Times, uh, report. Uh, yeah, so they did uh, revenue. Uh, wait, that's the wrong report. And now, of course, my Safari browser is frozen. And any, oh, there it is. Company. What's that? NASDAQ? No, I'm looking at the... I haven't found the symbol. <coughs> uh, I'll, hold on a second. Uh, I've, got, I've got their 10K here. Uh, SEC.info. Their symbol <laughs> is... Uh, how come they don't have their symbol here? It it just it look it up Thermo Instrument Systems Inc. I have their uh, their filing here, and 
they have a, they have like a ton of subsidiaries. I think it's more of a holding company, really, and uh, and all the and everything else is uh, stowed away in a little in little. Like, I think there's a, there's a subsidy of some place because it's not if you type thermo, in thermo thermo Fisher Scientific. Oh, might, thir- oh, they're part of Fisher. Yeah, that's interesting. Fisher. They must have been bought out recently. Yeah, yeah, I think they were. And so it, very interesting uh, that the original patent was was basically bought out of a bankruptcy, and it's so easy to make someone go bankrupt, really. Just be a big client and then pull the plug. Right. Uh, and then Be six, a big government client. Yeah, for, for example. There was some guy on some talk show recently who was talking about how the government, they signed a contract with the government and they had to pay every 30 days and they decided to all of a sudden not pay and then uh, and put it off for six months. He says he'll be out of business. This just in, John. If you eat a Hot Pocket, you get at least five micro rems of radioactivity. Hot Pockets! <laughs> That's really bad. <laughs> you got to be very... Yeah, well, it, it's actually particularly bad because even the smallest amount of radiation from the inside out, from the inside the... Uh, the, the hot pocket. of the epidermis is, uh, is uh, very... Epi- uh, you mean the epidermis of the hot pocket? A <laughs> uh, couple of uh, notes from our... Um, producers out there another physician uh, says jeff that i uh, work for informed me his relative at the national institute of health read a memo circulated that states the government is not saving the entire body scans from the airport scanners just the face portion makes you wonder about facial recognition technology he swears this guy is not a conspiracy theorist but was taken aback by this memo uh so there's clearly stuff that needs to be looked at and of course the won't they just take a photo Speaking of... Um, Let's sneak them through this device and they won't know what we're really up to. Speaking of um, of interesting bankruptcies and returning from the dead, the CLEAR program comes back, miraculously, along with IQ. There's money to be made. Which is pure It's pure money. All it is is a separate line. It is the, the first-class slave line, and you pay $169 a year. They have a special on, by the way, $119 uh, if you're at Indianapolis. And you go through. You still get scanned and groped. Well, but, then what good is it? Well, this, it's a special line. It's first class slavery. This is good. You can be a slave, but you can be a first class slave. So that is just wonderful, 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 wonderful. Hmm. Uh, I, mean, I don't. I don't think I had anything else. I have the clear program, but we don't need to listen to that. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Uh, Hillary- I think we. You know, I hate this topic. Yeah, me too. Hillary Clinton was all cranky about it. But wait a minute, but wait a minute, I gotta tr- I've got the segue. Okay. So you were talking about, uh, you know, Freudian slips. Yes. So I got a Freudian slip in here that I picked up on. I listened to this. It's one of these things where you make, you take a clip, and this was taken for the, because I was, this was a guy, ex-congressman, douchebag, Duncan <laughs> Hunter, Duncan, I think Duncan D. Hunter, is he's, anyway, they created a special, uh, uh, you know, one of these uh, districts out of the blue, and he got it put into it, and he took it over, and then he gave it to his son. So basically, it's an inherited. It's a it's a barony. It's, it's like a peerage. Peerage. Yeah, it's a peerage job. Yeah. So this guy's now out, and his son is in, and he's doing. He doesn't say he's working as a consultant or anything, but he was always the head of the uh, Armed Services Committee when he was uh, when the Republicans were uh, uh, in the power. And so he's on, I think it's Hannity's show, and he's talking about, oh, you know, we need the scanners. You know, he's pro-scanner. He's an asshole. He's pro-scanner. And he, but he drops a little, a little nugget in here that I only picked up on after I took the quote. Uh, you know, I was actually 
to be making my clips. I said, wait a minute, what what is this all about? Is this a Freudian slip? Is there some information here? Do we now have to write it down on our little list and track it? Play the Duncan Hunter clip. I don't see a Duncan Hunter clip, unfortunately. Oh, well, that's my mistake. I probably named it something stupid. 20 days? 20 days. Okay, here we go. Excuse me. I, I, I believe, I believe in justice. I believe in our Constitution. You, you, you yeah. do have to have a way to, to detect explosive. I mean, that's that's the key. No one's against that. you got to detect enough explosive, the, the kind of explosive that could rupture How about the, dogs? the whole of it. You could, I'm sure there's ways they can do this. But, you know, there's, there's a little bit. I, I think it's done very unprofessionally. What we've seen the, the horror stories of bad stuff you got to remember while we're sitting here there's people fighting in afghanistan right now some of those young guys in helmland province will be dead mm-hmm. uh in 20 days because there's heavy firefights going on we're americans uh-huh. uh, and we're asked to uh to uh, endure some inconveniences wow and this was said when this was said i think either last night or the night before it was before the thanksgiving or probably tuesday wow it may have been wednesday in 20 days They'll be dead. Yeah. Wow. So let, let's paint a date they dropped on it. it. He dropped a bomb. What is this? So that would be around December 15th? Now he's saying this, yeah, just before Christmas. Yeah, December 20th, days, be, the 20th, the 20th. They'll be dead. Wow. Uh, well, actually, before the 20th, I think, what's the date today? But anyway, it's, it's, it's coming up. It'll be, we'll, we'll be still doing our show. 20 days, they'll be dead. So, yeah, the 15th, I'm sorry. Yeah, the 15th. Wow. So in 20 days, they'll be dead. He specifically dropped the bomb twenty days. Why twenty days? Why? Well, I mean, he would. Why would you say that out of the blue? Unless and, you were and thinking wait a minute, it. Who is he again? This is Duncan Hunter, former uh, head of the Armed Services Committee, retired congressman. So I don't he, know why he ran for president, supported by Ann Coulter of all people. He he and, must be in a think tank or something. He that's must, what I'm guessing. He must know something. Yeah, and he had this at the top of his head, and because you get on these shows, you just babble because you don't have a lot of time. Let me wiki this guy. So it's uh, hold on a second. Let me. I got to wiki this guy now. And I wikied him, and he doesn't show what he's doing currently, but I'm sure he's a part of. I mean, these guys never. But did you see Jimmy Wales at the top of the page? Yeah, there he is again. It's fascinating. Keeps showing. You see, there's a Chrome extension so you can have Jimmy Wales on every page. Yeah, I I saw that. It's hilarious. So uh, okay, so we now we have a note. Twenty days, the fifteenth of December, they'll all be dead. That's nice. Yeah, they'll be dead. Yeah, that's really nice. So some phony's set being set up. False. He knows about it. He stupidly said the twenty days. They may have to abort it now that we're talking about it. You know, and uh, whatever the case is, something something bullcrap is coming out, which brings me around the corner to General Jones. Oh boy, the guy who about, was dismissed, who was who was a, actually I was looking in uh, him up because we had that great quote from last week. You might want to play it again if you can find it. Um, and Jones with the question from the audience that was never answered at a, at a spook conference. Uh, General Jones was in the National Security Council in the Obama White House. Uh, do you remember what that was called again? It was. Uh, it was called Question Something. Question from audience. Yeah. Yeah. Let's listen to it again. Thank you, Mike Billington from Executive Intelligence Review. None of you have mentioned the narco side of narco terrorism, and yet, as I'm sure you know, the Russians uh, have, especially Viktor Ivanov, their drug czar, has declared Afghanistan to be essentially a second British opium war with the massive flow of drugs out of uh, out of the British controlled area of Afghanistan or okay. until recently. I want you to move to the question. Uh, very quick. Yeah. Um, 
the, the problem is that the U.S. administration under Obama has basically said we shouldn't take on the drug issue. We want to focus on terrorism. General Jones, just two days before he was fired or resigned, gave a very powerful speech in Russia fully endorsing the Russian call for a global collaborative effort on fighting drugs, fighting international crime, and the sophisticated interface with international business. So I'd very much like to hear your comments on that. Thank you. All right. So uh, before you move on, John, just a second. You said that uh, you had been watching this uh, this conference in the bunker there at the uh, Congress, four levels down, and uh, that everyone was talking about this book, Cutting the Fuse. No, I think the book was... Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Was it Cutting the Fuse? Uh, I, I got it right here. Because I bought the book. Uh, hold on a second. Is this the book that... What, what, who's the, every, it written every, by? Everyone was quoting the book. Yeah. Everyone was quoting this book. And so I bought it. Hold on, let me, let me open it. I bought it on... Um, I think I had it on either iBooks or I had it on uh, Amazon. You, you got to get both now. You got to get uh, Amazon. Is this the Feldman get... book? Because it's the Feldman book they kept talking about. Hold on. It's whatever you Skyped me. Okay. Hold on. It's uh, it's just a little slow to start up. Anyway, so I bought this book, which I'll uh, find the name of in a moment. What a piece of crap. If if this is like the Bible that all these guys are quoting from. it's Yeah, an, cutting the fuse. It's an unbelievable piece of crap. I mean, the whole thing is like Ministry of Truth. Yeah, well, you know, Bin Laden, he did this, he's still alive. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it, it's like everything we hate about all these lies is in this it's based. The whole premise of this book is based on it. Yeah, here it is, Cutting the Fuse. Uh, the explanation for whatever. The explosion of global suicide terrorism yeah. and how to stop it. Yeah, it's all about suicide terrorism. That's yeah. what it is. It's it. it I, I went through the first chapter and, I, and then I emailed you. What a piece of crap! It's unbelievable. <laughs> and if this is the. Well, Bible, I'm glad I didn't buy it now. Oh, if this is fourteen bucks. Thank by you the very way. much for helping. <laughs> if uh, if this is the Bible for these guys, you will no wonder we're we're nuts. But uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, so uh, General Jones was fired because he said, "Hey." We're shipping poppies, and uh, and uh, the banks on Wall Street are making money off of it. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, well, actually, let me read a little sec- a section here from one of the... There's a bunch of websites that talk. Look, People can go out there and look up uh, uh, General Jones fired Afghanistan, and you read uh, stuff like... This is just a typical... Uh, 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 one of the typical postings you'll run into. Three days before a sudden resignation of uh, NSA, uh, General James Jones was in Sochi, Russia, speaking at an international security conference hosted by his Russian counterpart, Nikolai Petrushev, I guess. In his remarks, Jones delivered a scathing attack on the nexus of international organized crime, international dope trafficking, international terrorism, and international money laundering. It was tantamount to a direct indictment of Britain's Dope, Inc., and was delivered in the context of a call for an alliance with Russia and other participating nations to wipe out the scourge. So then he's done. He's out. Hey, <laughs> don't you know about Mina, Arizona, man? You don't talk that way in public, man. First rule about Fight Club is you don't talk about it. You're out. And so uh, now the question remains, when you start reading this stuff, a lot of it, by the way, comes from Lyndon LaRouche's crazy crowd. Right. But that doesn't mean they're wrong. Yeah. Anyway, you start reading the uh, between the lines, and it's, uh, it seems as if there is a disconnect between those who believe that England 
is uh, behind all the drug smuggling out of Afghanistan because they've always been behind the drug smuggling out of uh, Afghanistan. And they're the ones that are still fighting the Afghanis from from 100 years ago. And all we're doing is being their proxies. We're their stooges, and that's why we're in Afghanistan. And and Dope Inc., this thing out of the U.K., is behind the whole thing. So we're we're actually the lapdog of Gitmo Nation East. According to the one theory. The other theory, which is the one that we push, which is the, uh, not to use the word push in that regard, but we push, which is the CIA is really the big drug smuggler, which there's a lot of evidence for that. I mean, the the San Jose Mercury guys, the Iran-Contra era, the the cocaine connections and all the rest of it. uh, And it's got nothing to do with England. But but this new thought is kind of interesting because you can see it from a historical perspective that yeah the brits were always you know they have still been fighting this afghanistan thing since they you know forever they're still irked about the fact that when they were a great power they couldn't do anything in afghanistan as neither could the russians and the russians of course are you know they're smart they're also <laughs> irked about the Afghanistan thing. I mean, the Afghanistan is the nexus of a lot of irkdom. Well, there's a very interesting article that came out uh, earlier this week from uh, The Guardian, the uh, communist rag. Heroin shortage in UK is putting lives at risk. <laughs> <laughs> Hospitals are treating a growing number. This is great reporting, by the way. Hospitals are treating a growing number. Growing from what? of drug users who have overdosed on heroin mixed with other substances by dealers because of a huge shortage of the opiate across the UK. This is like uh, one of the most severe heroin droughts for five years has been reported in areas across the UK, including London, Lancashire, Surrey, and Stockton-on-Tees, which apparently is where all the heroin addicts hang out. The shortage has been linked not to seizures of the drug by law enforcement agencies, but to a fungus that has blighted this year's poppy crop in Afghanistan, reducing it by half. So not only are these guys bringing it in, they can't even keep their crops right. they got to call Monsanto <laughs> and get Monsanto's some... Monsanto's got to come up with some hot poppies that really do the trick. <laughs> Ooh, that's it. Hot poppies. Hot poppies. Hot pockets. Can, uh, yeah, we need that. Hot poppies. <laughs> that's, our, that's our new snack. It's a tasty snack available all across Gitmo Nation Leprechaun. Hot poppies. Have them, kids. They're good for you. <laughs> oh, man. And then there's this other story I found. Uh, has Ivanov's pressure on the U.S. finally produced results? And this is exa- it's a very long article. Um, but apparently at a joint Russian-U.S. press conference in Moscow... Viktor Ivanov, head of Russia's Federal Anti-Narcotics Committee, announced that over 932 kilos, almost a ton of heroin, had been seized. The Russian news agency Novosti reported this. More importantly, three heroin labs and one morphine lab, all produced for a long-established drug trafficking route into Pakistan, worse than estimated $1 billion of the drug trade, was also uh, seized. You know, uh, I think the CIA is going to get pissed off at these guys. They've got to stop doing that. It's like our stuff. Hey, man, get off our stuff. Well, something's up. Sure. This whole thing is, 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 is depressing. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to talk about it. Obama's in on the, on the scam. The whole, or, or just out of, out of the loop, which is I th- Yeah, I think it's likely. probably worse. He's, he's, I think you're That's right. That's why he's always he's, out of the country. 
Yeah. In fact, he commented on the TSA. I didn't know. I I wasn't there. I I wasn't there. (laughs) He's commented on the TSA thing from from Lisbon. He's in (laughs) Portugal. I wasn't. I, I didn't know. How could I know I wasn't there? I wasn't there. I, I have not. I have not. I don't know what the pat down's like. I wasn't there. I'm sorry, man. I'm like I'm the president. I I get to travel on my plane. And he said something similar to that, actually. Yeah, he's uh, you know, I, I'm the president, man. I, I don't know what the pat down's like, but you know, it's like uh, you want to make sure burning. That- he's he's going to put more miles on that plane than any president and probably any two presidents in history. Let's be honest, John. If uh, if you and I were president and first lady. We'd we be in that chopper every day. We'd be like, hey, John. Well, no, if, if we knew what we talk about on this show to be true, we'd definitely be out of the country. I'd be on that chopper off any the place. Force I mean, they'd be, there's, there's probably two or three rifles targeting, you know, the president at any given time, you know, if he makes a false move. So get the hell out. I don't blame him. Oh, my goodness. That's great. You want to talk about Gitmo Nation, United States of Europe for a moment? Because the, there's a lot of interesting stuff uh, coming down. The wheels seem to be kind of coming off the puppy. Have you been following this? Oh, yeah. it's it's We're waiting for the collapse. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of are. So uh, Ireland, after uh, we had the audio of, of the their minister of European Parliament, oh, we don't need a bailout. No, we don't need no bailout. Oh, let's have a bailout. By the way, the bailout, uh, which, of course, austerity, and this is from the IMF, which is like some magical force that comes from the moon or something. No, it's bankers. It's bankers and other countries who are the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. But no one ever really talks. Oh, the IMF. Oh, of course, the IMF. It's like it's like the saviors. You know, hey, John, if, if, if you can't pay your mortgage, call the IMF. It's all taken care of. Of course, these are the true economic hitmen, and they go in and they announce austerity measures uh, uh, the minimum wage, I'll just mention one. The minimum wage is dropping by a full euro. In Ireland? In Ireland. A full euro. And it's yeah. all, the minimum wage is only like seven euros and, and some change. You know, that's that's like huge, man. That's like 15, 16%. Uh, goodbye. <sighs> you know, I I have, didn't put two and two together right away, but I, I'm coming to this conclusion. If we use the economic hitman as a, kind of an example, Ireland... Uh, is a tax haven for American corporations. There's a yes. flat rate, twelve percent uh, income tax for corporate corporate income tax, opposed to ours, which is thirty three to thirty five percent, something like that. It's really high. We're the highest in the world, generally speaking, in every aspect of taxation. No yeah. matter what anyone yeah. would like you to believe, yeah. 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 we're yeah. the highest in the world. And so, the way to to get these you know Americans companies to get back here. Is to screw the Irish because they first of all the Irish set up this twelve yeah, percent deal. The, the, it's it's in the plan. Corporate tax rates have to rise. It's in the plan. Yeah, and they, they, so they they look in the Irish. What are these Irish trying to do to us? They're screwing us. They're all you know Microsoft, the Dell, HP is in Ireland. They're all over there scamming uh, the U.S. government out of this much needed tax money. So hey, well, but, but, politicians, but, but, but let's just, let's just be careful. The, the Gitmo Nation leprechaun. Uh, slaves, of course, are friends. They're, they're get, they've been screwed for a long, long time. Yeah, but the point is now that they they pulled that stunt, it's like okay, let's target, let's get them, uh, put them high on the list for like you know getting making them stop doing that. Well, let's listen to an all time favorite of the No Agenda show uh, from the UK Independent Party in the uh, European Parliament, the Tower of Babel. Uh, is speaking in front of Starfleet Command, we have uh, Nigel Farage addressing Herr President uh, Haiku Hermann von Rompuy 
In case you are listening from the United States of Europe, you have a president. You didn't elect him, but he is the president of the United States of Europe. And here is uh, Nigel Farage speaking with him. With some fine European music. Mr. Uh, Co-President Nigel Farage, Freedom and (laughs) Democracy. Well, good morning, Mr. Van Rompuy. You've been in office for one year. And in that time, the whole edifice is beginning to crumble. Uh, There's chaos. Uh, The money's running out. I should thank you. You should perhaps be the pin-up boy of the Eurosceptic movement. But just look around this chamber this morning. Just look at these faces. Look at the fear. Look at the anger. Poor old Barroso here looks like he's seen a ghost. You know, they're beginning to understand that the game is up. And yet, in their desperation to preserve their dream, they want to remove any remaining traces of democracy from the system. And it's pretty clear that none of you have learned anything. You know, when you yourself, Mr. Van Rompuy, say that the euro has brought us stability, I suppose I could applaud you for having a sense of humour, but isn't this really just the bunker mentality? You know, your fanaticism is out in the open. You talked about the fact that it was a lie to believe that the nation-state could exist in a 21st century globalised world. Well, that may be true in the case of Belgium, who haven't had a government for six months, (laughs) but for the rest of us, right across every member state in this union, and perhaps this is why we see the fear in the faces, increasingly people are saying, we don't want that flag, we don't want the anthem, we don't want this political class, we want the whole thing consigned to the dustbin of history. And we had the Greek tragedy earlier on this year, and now we have the situation in Ireland. Now, I know that the stupidity and greed of Irish politicians has a lot to do with this. They should never, ever have joined the euro. They suffered with low interest rates, a false boom, and a massive bust. But look at your response to them. What they're being told, as their government's collapsing, is that it would be inappropriate for them to have a general election. In fact, Commissioner Wren here said they had to agree their budget first before they'd be allowed to have a general election. Just who the hell do you think you people are? You are very, very dangerous people indeed. Your obsession with creating this Euro state means that you're happy to destroy democracy. You appear to be happy for millions and millions of people to be unemployed and to be poor. Untold millions must suffer so that your Euro dream can continue. Well, it won't work because it's Portugal next with their debt levels of 325% of GDP. They're the next ones on the list. And after that, I suspect it'll be Spain. And the bailout for Spain would be seven times the size of Ireland. And at that moment, all of the bailout money has gone. There won't be any more. But it's even more serious than economics. Because if you rob people of their identity, if you rob them of their democracy, then all they are left with is nationalism and violence. I can only hope and pray that the Euro project is destroyed by the markets before that really happens. I just love Nigel Farage. I just love Well, I think we should have speaks. a Deadpool on him. No, I mean, this guy- no, no. You know what? I disagree because they need guys like this to vilify. In fact, the, this exact same thing happened, and I have uh, some audio of this. Uh, so we've got Schultz there from uh, Gitmo Nation Deutschland. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the way, the way they do this on these broadcasts is everything has to be in English uh, or in French or some other language. And it's all tra- they got live translators. Yeah. So if you listen to the English version, when Schultz, and I actually can understand German, when Schultz starts talking, then you're like, 
Uh, what we are seeing, Mr. President, then you know you get like some some doots bag sitting in the you know hopefully translating. You can't even hear the original audio track, and um, so you don't hear the floor. But what happened is Minister of European Parliament Bloom, who is also from I believe the UK Independent Party or the Freedom and Liberty whatever it is, uh, he he stood up and said, uh, "One folk, uh, uh, no, one one people, one nation, one." Führer, or something of that ilk. <laughs> Führer. <laughs> and, uh, and it set everybody off, and it's really funny to listen to how they deal with this at uh, the Tower of Babel. I'll try to uh, continue uh, as best I can. I'll, so this was after the interruption, which of course we didn't hear because he's speaking in German. I hear, you know, I've got the the, the English translation is horrible. Despite the interruption, says Mr. Schechter, can participate. Yes, I, I won't be long, Mr. President. Please, uh, I don't have very much uh, speaking time, but I just have one more point to make. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if people heard that. A uh, nation, an empire, a Fuhrer. That's what that man over there said. <laughs> a nation, an empire, a Fuhrer is what he said. He was yelling it from, the, from, from up in Starfleet Command there. And this starts off a fracas, which is really amazing to watch. Ein Volk, ein Reich, ein Fuhrer were his exact words. President, <laughs> well, he said, time is over. Please finish your last remarks. Last remarks. Yeah. 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 President... Mr. President, Mr. President, I won't be long. When a man like that uh, traipses through this chamber chanting, Ein Volk, Ein Reich, Ein Führer. <laughs> Again. There were people in Germany who said that, and I fight that spirit. In really? Do you remember that, John? Were there people in Germany who ever said that? Uh, well, I think in the 30s. Really? Everything I do, but I'm not sure he does. Je ne peux pas. President, I cannot. Okay, so now we have... Um, uh, French. Well, wait, let's stop a second. I'm getting confused. Okay, I... I all right. let's, wait, let's just, I just want you to... I want to get the players straight. Okay. Now, who is the guy who said Ein Folk, Ein Reich, Ein, ein Führer? That was Godfrey Bloom of the... From where? From the UK, Europe of Europe of Freedom and Democracy group, and he's a what member. What was of the, he doing there? He's a, a member of European Parliament. He's uh, he's in the he sits right behind Nigel Farage. Okay, and he said that, and then who made the who's who was his last guy that was being translated? Okay, so the, so first we have, so Schultz was speaking. He's the uh, the co-president of the Socialist Group. Uh, he's from Germany, and while he was speaking. Godfrey Bloom says, Ein Volk, Ein Reich, Ein Führer. He yells that, which of course we didn't catch on audio. So then Schultz is like, dude. Oh, right in the middle of right Sergeant middle Schultz's speech? <laughs> Sergeant Schultz. So Sergeant Schultz is talking, and then Godfrey Bloom goes, Ein Volk, Ein Reich, Ein Führer. <laughs> which is reminiscent of, of the Nazis, of course. And, uh, and then we get... Um, Everybody's all a, a buzz. Now I think uh, Jerzy Buzek, who was the president of the European Parliament, the French guy gets up and says, hold on a second, hold on, we got to do something here. Accept what you have just said, sir. We are in a democracy. This is a democratic era, and I would ask you to apologize. I would ask you to make an official apology. Otherwise, we are going to lodge a complaint. No, 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 no. 
C'est touché, c'est touché. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, I'm, you know, uh, I'm always surprised you didn't add and will add concentration camps to the equation. <laughs> ein Reich, ein Volk, ein Führer und concentration camps. Settle the problem that way. Uh, uh, dear colleagues, we must go ahead. I will... Moment, moment, moment. moment. I will take it into account. I will take... I will take it into account. We have ways of making him talk. Do not worry. Take it into account. I will... I will read you. I will take it into account. Uh, uh, the president shall call to order any member who disrupts the smooth conduct of the proceedings or whose conduct fails to comply with the relevant provisions of Rule 9. Ah, they have a rule book. They've pulled out the rule book, John. Rule 9. Rule 9, provision 152. And so 9 I means no in German. I ask you, <laughs> yeah. colleague, to... To apologize. You have to apologize to your mother. This is exactly what this sounds like. You insulted your mother, and I want you to apologize to her right now. Whether you mean it or not, I want you to apologize right now. The whole thing is about an apology. So it's not it's not about what he said anymore, because of course he's probably right. The whole thing is about you have to apologize. It's right here in the rule book. It says you must apologize. It's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. The chamber. The news. <laughs> Expressed by Herr Schultz, meet the case. That, so that's Bloom again. He stands okay, up. He, he stands up and he says, "No, the, the guy. What he said is exactly what I meant." Expressed by Herr Schultz, meet the case. He is an undemocratic fascist. <laughs> Whoa! What kind of an apology is this? Well, listen. <laughs> Exactly. Here comes the answer to that. Well, uh, well, uh, colleagues, uh, we we expected something quite different. <laughs> that was not the apology we expected from you. Because we wouldn't like our discussion to be disturbed in such a way. So I will call you, colleague. Uh, to to the meeting with me, and we must uh, take decision for the next steps. Right. So now they have to go in a closed door meeting. So they have. So they break. Everyone goes away, and they come back. Punishment. Oh, no, we have to come back now and continue this. Oh, so they actually close the session right there. Yeah. And then they, yeah. We have to. They took him to the back room and yeah. beat him with a tire iron. Or not, what? Not hard enough. Thank you. The incident referred to. This is wait, 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 stop. This is the... They, now we're, they, now, they, now we're, come back. Now we're back in the afternoon, and Nigel Farage is given the floor to uh, speak about the incident. Discussion to be disturbed oh. in such a way. Hold on, I re rewound a little too far. So I will call you, colleague, uh, to, to the meeting with me, and we must uh, take decision. I must take your pants steps. down and spank you bristle you. side down. The incident referred to was a protest by Mr. Bloom in which he made wartime allusions uh, of Mr. Schultz. And the President said this was unacceptable and invited Mr. Bloom to apologize. Got it. Check. Mr. Bloom did not apologize no. then, and I call on him now to do so. And if he does not do so, he must leave the chamber. Yeah. Mr. Bloom. 
I'm sorry, that's not N- Nigel Farage. My mistake. That is uh, uh, that is Edward McMillan. He's uh, the Scottish uh, member of European Parliament, and so he says. You know, I, I we had a little talk. We said, "Yo, dude, you got to apologize." Why is he now the spokesman for the whole thing? He's the vice president of. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, All right, he's go the, on. yeah, he's uh, there's a whole bunch of guys. <laughs> you got to keep track of him. Hard to follow. I know, but he's the vice president of uh, Starfleet Command. So I think Bloom gets up again now. Apparently, they love what he just said, Mr. McMahon. All right, Bloomy. Yet again, yet again, there is one rule for Herr Schultz and one rule for everybody else. This is a disgrace. I have been elected, re-elected, to vote in this chamber by the people of Yorkshire, your own constituency, I might add, with a democratic mandate, which you do not enjoy, Mr. President, yourself, because you switched parties and they voted for the Conservatives. I have no intention of apologising. I have no intention of leaving this chamber. You must have me escorted out. Yes! <laughs> you shall have me escorted out! I will not have it! <laughs> it's like Congress during the Civil War. It's heating up! <laughs> Alright, now what to do? What do we have to do now? Group <clears throat> leader of this group. So, so now, now uh, they say, alright, uh, one statement can be made by Nigel Farage, who of course is the guy with the clear thinking, and he lays it down, and he lays it down correctly. <laughs> Mr. President, the reason for the anger and the noise is because we're not actually applying the rules of this place evenly. Mr. Schultz has repeatedly thrown insults, not just at me, but at many members of this House. He he said that the Eurosceptics, the no-voters, opened the door to fascism. We've had Danny Cohn-Bendit calling us mentally ill. Can we, Mr. President? If, you know, if the rules are that something is deemed to be an insult, a member is asked to leave, that's fair enough. But the anger, and I share that anger, is these rules are not applied evenly. Mr. Schultz regularly calls other people fascists, and when he's called one, the member in question is asked to leave. That isn't right. That isn't fair. <laughs> anyway, so then uh, it goes on and on and on and on. And then they actually hold a vote. Do we... Who thinks... <laughs> He should be thrown out. <laughs> they hold up. Show me your hands. And that, that drags on forever. It's like, well, it's pretty clear. Everyone wants you out, dude. You know, they I, threw him out? Well. Mr. Farage, I don't want to prolong this. I don't want to prolong this. But can I just make the observation that this is incorrect? What Mr. Bloom said in two interventions, one from the floor and one from his place. Both were heard by many people and both were unacceptable in parliamentary terms. The House in parliamentary terms wants Mr. Bloom to leave. That's its expression. If he does not do so, people will infer from that his attitude towards the democratic process. Mr. Bloom, I'm going to invoke Rule 152. Well, invoking Rule 152. If you will not leave, I'll have you removed. <laughs> I've discussed this with the President, he, uh, and I have his support for this. Uh, so anyway, uh, he gets tossed out. They, uh, <laughs> a guy comes down who has like a, a coat and tails on, and he has uh, a, um, a chain 
very much like a mayor's chain, like uh, you'd you'd see in like Disney cartoons. And uh, he apparently is some official of the the European Parliament and escorts him out. He's out of here, out of the game. So anyway, uh, we've got uh, your unelected officials, some elected, but uh, many unelected positions, uh, calling each other uh, fascists, Nazis, um, and uh, the wheels are coming off the wagon, my friends, in Gitmo Nation Europe. And uh, you should you should be aware. Uh, somehow, I don't think this made the news in most of the uh, the countries around the EU. Meanwhile, in the uh, meanwhile, we have. And why uh, should it? Right. Meanwhile, we have uh, Jose Manuel Barroso, who was cheered in the European Parliament. I don't have the audio of that on uh, Tuesday when he outlined plans to publish an official proposal on EU self funding. Before the end of June 2011. Do you know what that means? EU self-funding, John? That well, means- I would think it, what, it's just a, a euphemism for taxing yes. all the member nations. Exactly. A European tax, which is one of the things that everyone was guaranteed would not happen. So we're going to tax you. Wait, we're wait, going- wait. You, they were guaranteed it w- wouldn't happen? Yeah, everyone. Everyone got guaranteed. I don't know what we want. They were guaranteed. Well, then why is it happening? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, as we move over to Gitmo Nation, Rancid Meatballs, which is, uh, as our producer who sent me this article uh, self-titles his own country of Sweden, it looks like there's a proposal on the table, very good chance of passing, of changing the Swedish constitution to reflect the Lisbon Treaty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those crazy Swedes. Here, the, the Riksdag, which is the their uh, their parliament there, shall vote about the prime minister after every election. So that's a kind of standard possibility to proclaim extra election. Okay. The fraction of the Swedish membership of the EU becomes part of the constitution. There you go. They're going to change their constitution, everybody. And yeah, they're going to make... It's going to happen here, too. <clears throat> yeah. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. One of the guys behind it, but actually, let's get to our thank some of our listeners before I go into my uh, yes my rant about this crap. We bring up the we had uh, some support and I'm very happy for it, uh, thankful for it. I think is actually what I want to say. It's, it is Thanksgiving, and we thank everyone for supporting us. I think you have a little theme that we play before we do this. Uh, I have a theme. Indeed, I do. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. <laughs> and that, of course, a, a tribute to the Apple uh, Beatles collection. <laughs> have you purchased them on iTunes? Oh, yeah, sure. I you know, I, you know the reason I, I purchased it? Because I haven't heard enough Beatles songs in my life. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. Adam Kolb, uh, Men- uh, Menasha, Wisconsin, $125. It's a value for value. The show keeps my wife and I entertained and informed. I also uh, want to wish my son, Evan, a happy first. We'll put him on the list for birthday call-outs in a second. He's actually not on the list. Let me uh, add yes, him to the list. Yes, I noticed. Okay, I'm putting that to his Evan... Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'm just mumbling. And now we have like one, two, three, four call-outs, which, in, which will be uh, Adam doing his, uh, his transmission 
of nine or nine or nine or nine or these are people that gave ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents and I and uh, here they go. I'm going to do them in order and then I'll read some of their messages. So when do, Corey, I, when do I do my nine or nine or nine or? I, I na- give them. The, I'll give the name of the person and where they're from, and then you do the nine or nine or and then re mention their name. In this case, Corey Wadalo. Nine or nine or nine or nine or Corey Wadalo LLC. Well, I was going to mention where they're from first, but he's in North Tustin. Uh, Christopher uh, Pusateri, I guess, Pusateri, or Pusateri, depending on whether have an Italian pronunciation or not, in Bethel Park, Pennsylvania. Niner, 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 niner for Christopher Pusateri or Pusateri. This is the dumbest thing we've ever done, by the way. <laughs> Stephen Shirk in uh, Menasha, Wisconsin. Niner, 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 Stephen Shirk. And uh, John Harrison, finally, last but not least, Pinehurst, North Carolina. Niner, 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 John Harrison. I love the little Adam head next to these on the spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah, good work, Eric. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, scary. Uh, so, uh, Adam, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Corey uh, says he really enjoyed Sunday's show, I guess last uh, Sunday, one of the better uh, ones in his opinion, the top of the monthly $33 a month boarding pass subscription, sending this nine or nine or nine or your way for a fantastic research presented about Clinton's foundation, which we, by the way, I have to say, I just don't want to interrupt these thank yous, but uh, Clinton obviously has filed uh, everything now, so everything's clean, right? Uh, oh, yeah, everything's clean. In fact, it's so clean that the Gitmo Nation Great White North has now approved the Clinton Foundation for tax money from Canada. Oh, so, great. Yeah. Well, I, if we can soak the Canadians and Clinton gets the money, you can't <laughs> ask more than that. All you have to do is just send them your cash. Now, right now, all we need from people, if you can't be part of a medical team or a search and rescue team, we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Ah, oh, screw that. Just, just send us cash. cash. Anyway, he wants to thank us for helping him in his social circles because of what we essentially are talking points we do on the show. We will be sending out talking points in the email shortly. Uh, Christopher uh, Pusateri, uh, hey, John and Adam, trying to decrease the douchebag ratio of the thank show. You. This is. And he wants to show us thanks for such a great show. By the way, this is probably the best podcast in the world. Please uh, use my first name only. Well, we didn't do that, did we? Uh, Of course, I couldn't pronounce his last name, so who cares? (laughs) Every week this happens. Uh, I hope this isn't a honeypot so they know where to chemtrail me. Don't worry about it. Uh, I was hoping to get some karma. Yeah, we got a little bit of that for you, buddy. No problem. You've got karma. Uh, and he's uh, plans on starting a five dollar a month thing. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, of course, John Harrison uh, just says we do a great show and he wants to thank us, and that's why he did the Niner thing. We also have on the uh, list uh, a new uh, donor, uh, Roman Ad Adrusco. I think it's Adru- Andrusco. 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 I think. Oh no, it's okay. Andrusco. Yep, you're right. Yeah, I think it's Andrusco. Bradford, Ontario, sixty-six dot sixty-six. It's a good one. Trey Small, Huntersville, North Carolina, fifty-eight dollars. Uh, Jeffrey Walzo, Neilberg, Saskatchewan, one of the really great provinces in the world. Fifty-nine, fifty-five, nineteen. Add my name of uh, list of producers who have not received their original challenge coins, and we're going to uh, hopefully resolve that within the next seven days. Jerome Darden, Altus, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, 5510, double nickels on the dime. He needs karma because he's got a new uh, contract at work. You've got karma. Keep up the great work. 
donors, not boners, he says. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Christopher Advent, Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba. Hello, Manitoba. Double nickels on the dime. Uh, another uh, donation. I hope it's some karma for a job interview today. You've got karma. Jeez. Uh, and here's a toughie. Uh, uh, let's see. Ite. Um, Seskeli. Seskeli? Says Kelly, probably. Zakelly. Zakelly. Ite Zakelly. Anyway, he's in Tustin, California. There's an artist down there named Dustin. Uh, hello, guys. Uh, here's my first donation. I've uh, recently come aboard and don't want to become a douchebag. Hopefully, there'll be more. That's if uh, our overlords here at Israel. Oh, he's in Tustin, California. Israel, it says. That makes no sense. No, it's, no. He's in Israel. Uh, yeah. I, I know we have a special relationship, but it's not quite that special. We have not merged that well. He's in Israel, and that's that. And then uh, Rabbi Bob, uh, in the morning, John and Adam, last year I donated an MP3 player full of No Agenda shows to my brother for his birthday, and he's been a contributing producer ever since, including donating to No Agenda for his birthday. This year I'd like to wish him a birthday. We've got that lined up. And send him a little karma. Also, Boxy uses you know, that, check. That's not lined up either. Oh, we got another one missing. Hold on. So it's Rabbi. Oh, man. So this would be Andrew Bean. To Andrew Bean? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, Boxy users can check out the alpha version of the No Agenda Boxy app. Hey, this we got an app. I love that. I got to put that in the show notes. Yeah, at uh, rabbibob.com, R A B B I B O B.com. Slash A slash boxy. B O X double E. Right. Hmm. Cool. Uh, double double nickels on the dime from uh, Patrick uh, Kading, uh, San Francisco. In the morning, you both had thought uh, you guys might be interested in this documentary. It was released, and we'll put this on the show notes. It's too long to read. Uh, he is also. Uh, it deconstructs the, to- uh, the security theater thing. Yeah. Okay, I'll put that oh, okay. in the Okay, well, it's something we'll definitely look at. Yeah, and put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Double nickels on the dime from Ukuntu Woodworking in St. Catharines, Ontario. A long note. Uh, <coughs> you might want to look that over. I'm well, looking. it's kind of just like others send you money that would have been spent on their ex-girlfriends. I'm now sending you money from the company that I'm in the process of shutting down. There you go. I w- uh, I wish this was leftover money, but I'd rather give it to you before the tax man takes it all. Wow. The company was a good old school kind of business making wooden toy building blocks in an honest, hardworking kind of way. It's not a growth business, my friend. Honest wooden toys. Yeah, well. No agenda provided me with countless hours of entertainment during the long and mundane hours of my uh, work at, what is it, Ukunto. U-K-O-O-N-T-O.com. Not to mention an awakening of some sort. Would you mind plugging Ukunto.com? I'm selling off the last sets of building blocks right now. That's sad. That's sad. But this is happening all over the place, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we wish you some good karma, everyone else who's working there. Ukuntu Woodworking. Uh, Ukuntu. U-K-O-O-N-T-O.com. Uh, Steve Bottoms, Reno, 5150. Uh, from Chile, Icy Reno, Era Dadarian, uh, birthday uh, call out there coming up, uh, Trabuco Canyon, uh, another $50 one-time donation, and uh, John Lake, Sacramento Knighthood coming up, uh, Alan Martin, another uh, $50, uh, he's uh, 
It's uh, time for Turkey Day. Sending best wishes to us. Also, uh, thank you, for Carmen, for his brother's CD, Physical Jazz. We have a link here that we'll put on the show notes. Arthur Kessler, uh, another knighthood layaway in Calgary, and that's it for this week. It's your birthday, birthday, on no agenda. Aaron Darian says, happy birthday to daughter Grace, who turns 14 tomorrow. Evan Colby, Kolb. Says happy first, uh, uh, gets a happy first birthday from Papa and Mama Colt. And Rabbi Bob says happy birthday to Andrew Bean. And of course, happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah! And uh, I think it's actually time perhaps for a new credit, John. Well, before we do that, I want to mention everybody to help us out here, to keep the show going, to keep this information, the best podcast in the world alive. You want to go to Dvorak.org slash NA and contribute. Also, you can contribute at uh, ChannelDvorak.com slash NA. If you can't get there, apparently in Korea, you can't get to Dvorak.org anymore. And for some reason... <laughs> it's okay. And, Pretty soon, there won't be a Korea left. Don't well, worry. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, the NoAgendaShow.com has a link. And... Uh, Go to any of those and help us uh, for the next show. So I've, uh, I've been watching some uh, TV. They have this other credit, which uh, is a created by credit, which I think is kind of cool. Well, have you ever seen that credit? Yeah, created by is the person who, who designed the show. Right. So um, if someone donates the exact amount of the episode of the show, shouldn't they just get a created by credit? Well, created by is, 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 is a kind of a... Um, is a is a is a credit for something that's that exists in the past. In other words, the first show. Right. So, is, so that's my point. Is you uh, you can't do any more. Just work with me, John. All right. Just work I'm with me. I'm thinking about. It. I'm just trying to see how we could make it. It'd be if you did show created by maybe, but I I still think the executive. Pre- well, I don't know. Where would it show up on the list of credits? Would it be below associate? Well, typically above? a created by comes at the end of the show. So it would be at the end of the credits, I think. Hmm. So it would be right. after associate executive producer, and it, so we need to, if someone donates two hundred fifty six for a Sunday show, then they get show created by because you can only do that donation once and have it created by. It's a stretch, I know, but I, I think it's another. Well, I, I'm just wondering if I was donating two fifty six, would I rather have an a, a executive producer or associate executive well, there's, producer? There's nothing, there's nothing precluding you from having both. You can have both. I'm just wondering if what. Okay, well, let me. Let, we, it's an, we it can could be an extra that. bonus. It could be an extra bonus. Uh, chat room likes it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I actually let, let's think about because I, I like the it. idea of having an, an extra title. I'm just not not sure it's created by. It might be creative, created, pro, created by producer or something like. Any. Okay. Well. we'll All right. We'll, so it's uh, dvorak.org slash na channel dvorak.com slash na. We really appreciate it, especially. The ever-growing list of $5 a monthers, 33-33, that is, of course, for the uh, the mothership. Uh, We've got a lucky 30, uh, and, of course, our um, $1 an hour. Uh, Go to the donation support giving page at Dvorak.org slash NA. It really keeps us going, keeps us motivated, (laughs) but keeps the lights on, more importantly. We use it to uh, to pay bills here, so really appreciate it. You know, John, uh, we had a... um, pretty interesting conversation last uh, last week and um it was about uh, chemtrailing and um there's a documentary which I, I it took me a while to get around to it to uh, to watch it for two reasons one it apparently is only available on BitTorrent 
So first thing, you know, it's one of those things like I'm, I'm screwing with my mail server. I don't want to go find a torrent. Okay, so I finally download this thing. And uh, it even started off a little bit like uh, too many, too many. It's the kind of thing that would turn you off in a second if you saw the the first 20 minutes of it. It's about an hour and a half. But then it gets real. <laughs> no, no. Usually this, the first five minutes turns me off. Yeah, it, it could. It could. It's called What on Earth Are They Spraying, which is a, I like the double entendre of it. But then oh, they that act, is good. A nice yeah. title. Right. So, but then they actually get into uh, the scientific end of it with uh, former USDA people, um, and there, there's one disturbing. So, okay, I'll, I can tell you the documentary in a nutshell is we don't know exactly who is spraying uh, us globally, but uh, the belief is that uh, geoengineering is in place and aluminium or aluminum and barium are being sprayed into the atmosphere to reflect sunlight away to reduce global warming. This is clearly not being done with our consent. And the proof that this is happening, and this whole documentary um, uh, plays out uh, mainly in California. They go to Mount Shasta and they go to different places. They measure how much aluminum is in the air. Now, the safe, the, the, the alarm level in the state of California... Uh, in Gitmo Nation West, uh, the People's Republic of, is 1,000 parts per million. If there is more than 1,000 parts per million in the air in, in California, then the alarm bell should go off. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, John. I, I think you were, uh, didn't you test uh, air at one point in your illustrious career? I was an air pollution inspector, yes. Right. Does that sound about right? For the th- government. Does that sound right, about 1,000 parts per million? Seems high. Well, that's the alarm level. That's so. If it's more than a thousand parts per million, then all alarms should go off. Uh, the levels measured in California, and I guess I'm going to have to go measure my own air. Sixty-three thousand parts per million currently. How do you know this? Well, uh, this is the testing they show in this documentary. So I have not done my own my own testing or anything like that. But they show the test, multiple tests. Um, the one that was most interesting was Mount Shasta because the guy was also looking at the acidity of uh, uh, of the soil. And to add on to that, which I thought was very interesting, aluminum, of course, is an accelerant, and uh, it, it can make uh, fires burn quicker, faster, and maybe even hotter. Uh, well, in the presence of oxygen, perhaps. Yes, yes, well, of course. Um, but it is interesting to point out that the wildfires over the past few years years have consistently gotten worse and harder to combat because everything just fires up so quickly because of the aluminum that settles on the trees. Nah. Nah? Okay. No, the, the parts per million is, is incidental to that. There's no okay. way. But 63,000 parts but the, per but million. It, but in terms of you breathing it, I'm, I don't care, but the fire thing is bogus. I think, though, though the possibility of you inhaling that level of aluminum constantly and then also using aluminum cookware uh, is possibly uh, has da- health effects. Dangerous to your health. So um, the conclusion, and they do go around uh, the globe on this, the conclusion is that someone is spraying um, and it, uh, it appears to be aluminum and the belief is amongst the chemtrailers, which of course we might want to change the name now just to make it a little more acceptable because chemtrail sounds like, you know, just wacky kooky. It's kooky. Yeah, it's kooky. Um, is that uh, we are being, that the uh, atmosphere is being geoengineered 
for our convenience. And of course, when we find out, then or maybe it'll come into play. It'll be like under the biodiversity. They'll say, you know what, uh, we're we're just doing it all for you, and we're just trying to protect you, and don't worry about it. Of course, uh, they're actually killing us. I did uh, do some research on C-SPAN so that you don't have to. Uh, picked up a clip from John Holdren, uh, who, of course, is the shill brought in uh, to the Obama administration. And what he says is uh, um, is concerning at best. Reduce emissions and build up soil carbon. And there are some things we might decide to do, uh, still quite controversial. One would be geoengineering to create uh, cooling effects offsetting greenhouse. Right. Geoengineering. We, yeah. we, we just might this decide I, to do every that. Every time I hear this, I, I shudder. You cringe, right? Yeah, I, you know, we just might decide to do that. And we just might not tell yeah, you about we? it. Ah, pff, shut up, slave. What are you questioning? They, I'm telling you, they're out to make a global cooling s- scenario to kill people. <laughs> You're worse than I am. <laughs> I've always felt this. Yeah, that they, they make a global... Wait a minute, roll that by me again. I like that. <laughs> the idea is is to create a false panic over global warming. You know, we already saw the global cooling panic in the 70s. That ended because it wasn't getting any traction. Or maybe it was the, the facts, because there are still some people that say that's happening. Because we have these ice ages. That's what the globe does. And if we can initiate a new ice age, it's going to kill off a lot of people. And that will get the population down by these population control guys. And so throwing a bunch of crap in the air is one damn good way of starting it. To cool everything down. Yeah. Yeah. Start it, just get the ice age started again. It'll come down, wipe out the British, by the way, and get rid of Farage. <laughs> and, you know, it'll, it'll take care of, you know, a lot of the population issues that we have. Meanwhile, governor, freeze people to death. Governor, governor Arnold Schwarzenegger declared a state of emergency Saturday for San Bernardino County, where the water supply for the city of Barstow was found to be contaminated with uh, uh, perchlorate. Barstow. Barstow. Uh Interesting. Well, there's another article somebody sent in about the citizen li- concern lingers over aluminum in water. Well, of and course, it, 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 yeah, it drops. Yeah. Well, the, what happens is the hikers, of course, drink the snow water. I mean, this Mount Shasta is, is snow, right? And people drink that water that comes. It's supposed to be clean, clear water, and it's filled with aluminum. And uh, these, but these levels are outrageously concerning. And uh, how do I test for aluminum? Is there a simple, can I get like a 101 science kit test from the toy store and uh, test aluminum in my air? In the olden days, you probably could. But nowadays, you'd have to first look up the test. And there's always like a variety of tests that would do this. And it's probably a part, and it's a parts per million test. So it would take some some skills, literally, to, to be able to uh, to do it with accuracy. And you'd need a bunch of gear that you don't have. You forget it. You're not so, going to be able to do it. You're going to have to take it to a, a sample to a lab and tell them what you want. And then, actually, I would do two labs because I don't know how many of these labs are that great. And we used to, when I was a chemist at Union Oil, we used to, uh, there used to be a competition. And in fact, I think all labs do this. And they would have, a, there was about five or six of these competitions a year, but the one that, we, I, that I took part in was the, <coughs> how much lead is in the gasoline test. And there would be a right. common sample in every oil refinery uh, Standard Oil, Chevron, uh, uh, Shell is over there, and Martinez, and there's a bunch of these places. I guess Shell's in, across the water, whatever. There's about eight refineries in the area. And we'd all test the same exact gasoline sample, and all eight labs would have a different answer. <laughs> Science! 
<laughs> the science is in. Science, I tell you. But I think uh, if people are measuring 63,000 parts per million, you know, it can vary a little bit. But if the the... You, you yourself said uh, more than a thousand parts per million seems high. Uh, what this does, aluminum, is it actually, this is why it's in some vaccines, it activates your own um, immune system. So yeah, it's like an adjuvant. I yes, think, it, is. it is. It is salt. exactly. Uh, barium is uh, used for the same reason. Uh, now you can get baritosis, but essentially this all affects your respiratory system. And I don't really know if I'm uh, just, uh, I'm sure my smoking is probably the main reason for my respiratory uh, congestion. Uh, but I'm seeing this, I'm hearing coughing and wheezing. Of course, we have a whooping cough epidemic. Um, so it may not be that it's used expressly to kill us, uh, but it's not good for us. And something is happening. We're not being told about it. There's a, a great iPhone app, by the way, which is uh, the uh, Plane Finder iphone app i don't think it's available yet on uh, android and it uses the new i want to say abd system or ab i think it's abd system so when you point it at a plane in the sky it immediately gives you um so you see the camera you see the plane and it immediately gives you all the details the the tail number the speed the altitude etc so if uh, mm-hmm. if you see something that might look a little weird as a contrail, you can immediately see the altitude. So if it's flying at like 10,000 feet, that's not a contrail because that doesn't happen until above like 25, 28,000 feet. And you can get the tail number and you can then find out some more. You can just Google tail numbers. Just put That'd the be kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know, people For are all your paranoid this. freaks out there. Yeah, you can you can make light of it, but I I'm very concerned about the level well, I would of have aluminum. had the number 63,000 parts per million in my backyard. Well, you might. Anyway. You might. How do you know you don't? I don't know. I, I don't care. It, it, um, I'm too old. I'm too old to care. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here, John. I still care. I'm still young. Uh, Sarkozy had an interesting moment, which he's denying. This is the uh, president of Gitmo Nation, Stinky Cheese. He, uh, he, there was a clo- an informal press briefing, and... Uh, he was outraged by uh, more questions about the uh, about um, the bribery and the campaigns. Remember that was going on a while ago. Yeah. So he says. Uh, <laughs> so he says to the journalist, and he's denying this, by the way. And all tapes had to be wiped, and everyone is being locked down. Uh, he said this in French, I presume. Not a single one of you believes that I organized kickbacks for submarines in Pakistan. It's incredible, and still it gets on television, he declared in a 10-minute outburst at Friday's briefing. And then turning to a journalist, he said, You, I've got nothing against you. Apparently, you're a pedophile. Who told me? Well, I'm convinced. Can you explain yourself? (laughs) And then as he left... This is guy sitting in the audience, just some poor guy. Journalist, yeah, because the point Sarkozy is trying to make is like, Oh, you can just call me whatever I want. You're a pedophile. And then he and then as he leaves he says, See you tomorrow, my pedophile friends. <laughs> that's the best thing you can do? That's that's how you combat the press by calling them pedophiles? Oh, that's gonna go over the guys that is dumb. Well he's uh <laughs> he's denying it of course. And the and the, well, the press either saw it or they didn't. Yeah, but they're all afraid, you know, they gotta get their access. They're afraid, they're not you know. Well, you know, they should do that to the White House press corps because they're the same kind of wimps. 
They're afraid they're going to have their cred- credentials pulled. The briefing was recorded on the internal recording system of the summit, according to L'Express magazine, which says that presidential aides insisted the tapes be wiped on the grounds that the briefing was off the record. And, of course, the uh, presidential palace, where all elites live, denies that he uh, made those comments at all. But I thought that was uh, spectacular. Tom DeLay, um, convicted of money laundering, could go to jail for life. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be the day. At least they got one. How come that's not in the news? It is. Not a lot. Is it? No, it wasn't played up very much. No. Probably in Texas a little bit. And then I think, I think John, we have uh, a situation on our hands, which is uh, some, a, a word I was not familiar with, Sino-Asia. Is that how you pronounce it? S-I-N-O? Sino-Asia? Uh, either Sino-Asia. Sino-Asia, yeah. Like, well, this is, like. this is kind of the, the area that, uh, I guess, when the Korean War broke out before I was born. Um... This is uh, where all the troubles were going on. So, so here's the way I, I saw recent events. Of course, completely obfuscated by uh, the non-opt-out news that, oh, everyone loves the TSA. China and Russia uh, cut a deal. Putin and uh, Ti Hung Young, what's his name? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they cut it. Now, I already mentioned this when they first talked about this energy deal. I think it was a couple months ago, actually, maybe maybe almost two months ago. Uh, now China and Russia have decided uh, to use their own currencies for bilateral trade. Yeah, this got so little play, it's actually kind of astonishing. Premier, uh, uh, Premier, Premier they, Wen They Jiabo. rebuked the U.S. dollar. Yeah, well, so here's the way I see it. They rebu- rebuked the U.S. dollar, which, of course, is bad for our dollar, for the dollar as the reserve currency of the world. And then all of a sudden, we've got a kerfuffle between North and South Korea. The dollar pops up. And why does the dollar pop up? Because, hey, if there's some crap going on in Korea, uh, that means Korea will be buying our shit. That means uh, uh, our money will be worth something. Is that far from possibility there? I I think, uh, no. I think think you're kind of going in the right direction, but I don't think that that's going to account for enough to make the dollar go it up. It did, but but it did. Uh, I saw I yeah, saw I know, the but jump. I think, that, I think there's more to it because I think you can account for the dollar going up uh, uh, with the Irish situation and the other crap that's going on in the EU. You can make that the reason with more logic, I think, than this Korean Okay, okay maybe. Well, it was South Korea who, uh, who shot first, by the way. Make no mistake. This is a whole... Uh, oh, we we're not given the story. I've already concluded that we have no idea about any of this. This is all government propaganda. Well, we have, I do. I, I lies. Know. And maybe it wasn't even an explosion for all we know. Well, I know who does know, and I'm and I'm making a call. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I know who you're talking yeah, of about. Of course, then. of course. Now I do want to. Yeah, mention- well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, they probably did something, and the North Koreans said, "Screw, Screw you!" you. They yeah, they flew a bomb over. A well, that's interesting. Well, um, that's that's very interesting, actually. Yeah, I think no, no, was, no, South Korea knows who you're talking about. Yeah, well, South Korea was doing an exercise, and right. the, and the North Korea apparently sent a fax. <laughs> Kim What's Jong-il. this? <laughs> what? what? We're out of paper. This machine over in the corner. What <laughs> is it doing? Our machine ran out of paper. Shoot, I don't know. <laughs> and then South Korea says, "Oh, we're training. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here." <laughs> North Korea goes, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so uh, wait, wait. Let me. I wanted to talk. 
I want a couple of topics before I get into a little. Can, I, can I just finish this up? I, I just need to. This does wind up into two other emails that I received regarding uh, the missile. Because uh, you know there was speculation. Did we did it? Did we shoot You're something? Talking about the missile off of L.A. Yeah, which we all know was a real missile. It was a yeah, missile. Yeah, it was a missile. Okay. So what? Yeah. All right. Well, I just, you know, you're not hearing about this anywhere else on the news. So, you know, I've got some information from our producers, and I just want to share it with you. Because, you know, was it, was it a Chinese missile? Was it our missile at China? Whatever. Okay. In the morning, says uh, a, uh, an anonymous uh, source who will be kept anonymous. So I was having dinner last Thursday night with some friends when talking about work. The missile launch came up in conversation. One of the dinner guests works as an engineer that analyzes large missile trajectories. And while this person was very coy and guarded, this much I could gather. One, it was not an airplane or any such nonsense. Two, it was ours, not the Chinese or Russian. Three, it was unplanned. Four, it was not launched off of land. That was all I could get out of this person. It was probably more than he or she could disclose. Alcohol is such a great uninhibitor. Uh, Though I thought I would pass it along. Then we have... um, uh, in the morning, Adam and John, uh, I was on active duty in the submarine force. Thank you for your service. Spent eight years watching missile launches. I'm also certified to launch high-powered rockets. See, this is the people we need to listen to the show. You know, we need... We have a, we have these people. I know. We, we got uh, nuclear sub guys. We've got guys who are certified <laughs> to launch high-powered rockets. Okay. Now, that's a good... There's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's uh, a cred. kind of a cred that's that is right. hard to beat. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, what do you do? Well, I'm certified to launch high-powered rockets. Oh, let me suck you. <laughs> You're awesome. This, he says, was clearly a rocket launch. I doubt the Chinese missile theory a bit. My bet is on a fire control technician's mistake during a routine submarine drill. Uh, yeah, that's two. That would be two votes for the mistake. And uh, we do have another producer working with NORAD, uh, and this guy is deep on the inside, and he has taken the uh, uh, amazing, although NORAD, of course, is more for aviation, he is taking, I've given him all the information on the missing uh, navigation page. So at first there was a, a nav warning for ships saying, hey, we're testing missiles over here. We could be shooting from submarines. Then the missile goes off and that whole page is removed and now has a big Microsoft uh, SharePoint error. In fact, the whole week, <laughs> yeah, SharePoint. In fact, that's may a, have not been removed. Vivek, yeah, really. Vivek Kundra, I love SharePoint. And then uh, the only other thing I'd like to say is uh, the chat room is adamant about this, and I think it is very important. Uh, there is a bank run planned on, uh, I think it's December it's December 7th or December 10th. Hold on a second. Just in time for that 20-day incident. Ooh, to cover it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could or actually, at, it might be on the same day. I mean, you have some crazy incident in 20 wow. days, and then to cover it up, you have a bank. Or or it triggers the bank run. Ooh, very good. I th- I'm thinking, though, it was December 10th. Someone in the chat room will tell me. You know, or, you know the 20 days thing, we don't know the original. You know, that 20 days may be stuck in his head from days earlier. December 7th. December 7th is the bank run in uh, Gitmo Nation Leprechaun, uh, Gitmo Nation Castanets. I think they're trying to build it out. Uh, all over uh, Gitmo Nation, and there's a website which I believe is bankrun2010.com. Let me just double check that, see if that is correct. You should uh, tell people to get their money out now. Don't wait. Bankrun2010. Yeah, let me get, grab the English version. 
Yeah, this is an old soccer guy, actually. I don't know if he's an old soccer guy. Uh, but he's spearheading this, which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, soccer player. Here, December the 7th, 2010, let's withdraw our money. Cantona is the guy's name. Dear media, for a short time, the International Repress reported the call for a bank run that we launched on Facebook to invite all those who wish to follow us to withdraw their money from their accounts on the 7th of December, 2010. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Why have we launched this action? Well, to screw the bankers. You know, Max Kaiser's doing something interesting. Have you followed what he's doing? No. So you like Max Kaiser, right? I, I don't with vary, with varying degrees. I, I don't follow him either, but he he wants to bankrupt uh, J.P. Morgan, and uh, which I think is funny. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Well, he's he now. He, this is a guy who doesn't know a lot about exchanges and trading. He built the uh, the Hollywood Exchange, I think, right, which was how you could uh, do he, uh, uh, put put options on movies and hedge the financing of your movie. And he sold it for a lot right. of money. Yeah, it lives over there in Paris. And so he's saying that J.P. Morgan is selling silver short, billions of dollars worth, silver they don't actually have, so they can't cover the bet. And what he's asking is for every slave in Gitmo Nation to buy one ounce of silver, physical silver, which uh, I guess I don't know how much you'd have to actually have, but that seems like you need a lot. Uh, It wouldn't work. Yeah, well, so he's trying. You can't organize anything like that. I mean, this is the people have tried to do things. I mean, when Bunker Hunt tried to corner the market on silver, he was unsuccessful. Is that, is that he, Mike's brother, Bunker? Yeah, he had more uh, clout than the than Kaiser. So this is just people are just going to who put was them, Bunker Hunt? Lose who, money. Was, who was Bunker Hunt? Bunker Hunt was H. L. Hunt, who at one point the world's richest man's uh, one of his dumb sons who took billions of dollars that the old man had accumulated and uh, squandered it on, on crazy speculations, including the attempt to, I believe it was in the 70s or the 80s, I think it was in the 70s, to try to corner the market on silver. And uh, he, he was like running the price up and you were making a fortune on silver. And then just because the market, because this market is so big, it's impossible to either corner or control, it collapsed and it basically broke the guy. I will say that... Um I am going to buy silver myself. Uh, you know, I bought gold at $850 an ounce. Um, some of it wound up in other hands. <laughs> but I, I still have some. So you actually ended up with gold at, at $400. Or no, <laughs> at $1,600. You have to get the 1600 for you. If you look at it that way, yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking yeah, a bath. That was a bad investment. <laughs> if you look at it that way. <laughs> but I don't because I have love and a radiating butt. Um, so let's just say I bought 850. It's uh, ticked up to over 1400. It's down around 1330 now. It'll, and I still predict 1500 by the end of the year. Uh, but I am now uh, personally going to buy some silver. You can get these nice bags for like a thousand bucks. You get a big bag of silver coins. It's pretty cool. It's a nice Christmas present. The train. I think the train left the station on silver already. What do you mean? It, it, no, no, no. I, I think it can really, really keep going up. It doesn't matter. If you're going to invest in something, I would invest in palladium or platinum. Screw silver. I'm going for silver. Okay. All right. So we have to at least mention before the show's over, and I also want to do a little thing here about uh, Sarah Palin uh, and the Tea Party. As we predicted, of course, they're trying to steal it. Uh, The the, the fake uh, Taliban negotiator. I mean, we have to say something about this guy being with a genius. I don't know anything about that. 
Oh, you missed this story. It broke like two or three days ago. I did. In fact, there was a bit on Letterman last night where somebody did this. The guy that the U.S. government and the and Karzai's boys were negotiating with, who was supposedly the Taliban's representative, soaked them for two or three million dollars because he needed the money for one thing or another. And he was a Pakistani uh, shopkeeper. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, so a guy shows up and he says, hey, I'm here on behalf of uh, the Taliban. And uh, I'm here to negotiate. What were they negotiating for? Peace? Yeah, to some sort of truce, some peace, some <laughs> arrangement with the Taliban. And they went, yeah, come on, right. You look, yeah, great. Show, show me your papers. Yeah, the, he looks Just right. Say, of course, you, you missed the story because the, you, the U.S. media downplayed that crap out of it because That's it's funny. so humiliating. But it was played by the right-wing uh, media and also Letterman was on the, on the gag. Wow. Had some teenage kid come in claiming to be the head of the Taliban. <laughs> And with a business card. Cool. And, uh, so anyway, so that story needs to be explored a little bit because it's too funny. It shows you how, you know, we're not vetting anything. Apparently, we don't know what we're doing over there. So that's kind of interesting. The other thing is, is that it's interesting to me that Pat Buchanan, the weird conservative, and he's a, he's a conservative of his own creation, uh, is now really an MSNBC shill. Mm-hmm. Well, guy and he's over eat. there as, you know. Sorry? Guy needs to eat. Well, he needs to eat, but the idea is is that, you know, because the Fox is always bringing on, you know, these these supposed left-wing people uh like Alan Combs at the MSNBC and they and they always harp on it, especially O'Reilly. Oh, we always have balanced people. We have left-wingers on our show. MSNBC would never do such a thing. And so MSNBC knuckled under and they made Buchanan. He's on a lot of stuff. But he's essentially over there. And what's weird about it, he's shilling for either Huckabee or Palin to be running for president. Play the Buchanan MSNBC shill clip. This is when Nixon won in 16. I think it's Newt. I think Newt's going to try. Newt. Newt, I think. No go way. With the right, let me say. Watch this. No, let me say, no way. Thinks, no, that's what Newt thinks. Chris, no. Chris, 1980, the real, the sensible choice was George H.W. Bush because people wanted to get rid of Carter and he was safe. Instead, Republicans went for. Now, that's the danger. Reagan was a heavyweight. Well, Reagan, Reagan had run in 76. Reagan was well. also somebody about whom there were enormous questions right to the end of the campaign. Right. See, you got to. But you Reagan, gotta, listen, keep quiet. Keep quiet, would you? Just for a second. Shut up, slave. Pat you don't account. Jumping. You don't account for people who respond to the heart. Not. I mean, don't sit there. Does Newt not get to the heart? Oh, now here's the thing. No, oh. no. Okay. And people. Who else oh. gets to the Republican heart Huckabee. besides Sarah? Pat. Huckabee's got. So a you see, this is a battle. Pat Buchanan, Patrick J. Buchanan. We're on the line here. You think this is a battle for the heart of the Republican Party, the conservative movement, and the battle at large here? The big battle. I say the big battle is between three. I think Romney's the establishment. How can he appeal to the heart? He oh, takes the establishment end of the. End okay. Of the, wait, 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 the last. Okay. Okay. Kill it. Stop, stop, stop. I can't take it. Yeah, it's pretty So, bad. I mean, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, but anyway, the uh, Buchanan is promoting the idea that Huckabee or Palin are the only two people that, you know, and they, and they show up well in the polls. The or only some people crap, uh, even. valid. There's, there's no one else. He's trying to validate these two idiots <laughs> who have no chance in hell of ever beating Obama in a million years. Palin is a dummy. She, she gave up on her. She couldn't even be governor for four years. I don't care what all the Palin fans out there. And Huckabee still thinks that, you know, the earth began 6,000 years ago. So he's like, a, and he's a, and he's a preacher for a Baptist preacher. We don't need that as president. So the point is, but what, what the real interesting point is that they're starting to slip in, especially on MSNBC, is the equation that Palin is like Reagan. 
She's just like Reagan because he's you know he had he had this you know he wasn't expected to be the president. All when the fact of the matter is, Ronald Reagan went back. He was a union organizer and a, a, a Democrat. He ad, was an actor. Uh, and they he poisoned, was an early. They, he was an and early. They he's the one who helped. For, he formed the, the Screen Actors Guild. He's responsible for all sorts of political stuff since the 30s. Actor. actor or not, he was always politically active. He was governor of California two terms, as I recall. He was always doing something. He was re- almost going to run for president in, in 76, and except he was bumped out by the opponents. You know what, John? You know what this is? There's no connection between Palin and Reagan, is my point. I have to disagree. This, what? You're telling me that a one-half-term Alaskan governor who's dumb, I know you're a big fan of hers, I knew I'd get into a debate about this, who c- can be equated with a lifetime, essentially a lifetime politician whose job happened to be acting, you're saying that's the same? I am saying this is a fractal. And the fractal goes as follows. Every 30, 40 years or so, we have to change the perception that politics is show business for ugly people, and we have to bring in someone handsome. That's the, in, that's the entire extent of the fractal. has nothing to do with the political background or what they've done. It's like we've got to get a cute person in there. That's what it's about. You're a handsome against handsome then because Obama's a good-looking guy. Right, so w- there you go. It's so a, it's a mega. Point? It's a mega fractal. Guy, it's called Obama. Have you seen everybody else? Everybody else is hideous. Yes, I know. But I'm just saying you you you're, you might be right with your theory about the handsome thing being necessary every so often. But we've got that. It's called Obama. He's the right. handsome one. Do we? Right. So the fra- nothing but handsome. Everybody has to be good looking now. Is that what you're saying? Thank you very much. <laughs> That's the whole point. Everyone has. Everyone well, whatever who's the president has to be good looking. It has to be good. And looking. by the way, Romney's not a bad looking guy. He looks like Treat Williams, the actor. And well, there you go. You you all you're doing is solidifying my point. Whoever Your it point is, is that, whoever uh, my it point, is, yeah, but you're obviously missing my point, which is just to say the simplicity of it. Palin is not a good candidate. Duh. But play, play the bar here. Here's here's Barbara Bush on Palin. <laughs> okay. What's your read about Sarah Palin? Uh, I'm almost done here. I sat next to her once, thought she was beautiful. Thank you. Done. End of clip. That's it. And I think she's very happy in Alaska, and uh, I hope she'll stay there. She's beautiful. This is the whole point. Yeah, okay. This, John, I'm sorry. It's Th- fine. I'm just saying, if you want to run this woman and if you want to support her, that's great. I'm but not going to support a loser. her. I'm not going to. Don't, don't misread me. That's too Brutus. No way. I'm just saying that the the only qualification for president of these United States of Gitmo Nation is you are beautiful. That's all. Done. You look good. Uh, you're not only you look good, you're a good-looking yeah, you're black good, man. You're in. You're a good-looking lady. You're fantastic. This is great. That's one mother I'd like to. That's all that counts. We needed a mill. Where did that horn come from? <laughs> I don't know. It's all like right. So new, I'm going to change version. the pace then. And I'm gonna play the, the, we, every week, I like to play a bad acting clip. And, and here's Sarah Palin once again. <laughs> <laughs> this won't be Palin. Uh, again, I've decided to make the bad acting clips all from the same show constantly well, uh, because favorite. it's the worst show on television, I think, the yeah. Hawaii Five-0. Just play this and tell me, you know, you can tell me what you think of the acting here. Are you 
Right? You got that extra pint of blood pumping through your veins. Give me that big boost. Is this about the doping? No, it's about Jackie and Armin Carr and shooting three people. Your fingerprints. They're on a blood bag at the doctor's office. Look, my girlfriend does housekeeping for that building. Dr. Kinkirk travels a lot. So I use the office sometimes to supply doping equipment to the triathletes. Help them draw blood. You might have found one of my bags, but I don't know anything about... Arama da Kahais. And I need a name, Kai. I four, see what you can remember. There's a woman. Sabrina something. Lives local. It is a price for four. You know, I listen to that and, and I'm longing for a, a commercial. Just I need a commercial quick. It's the worst. You know, one of our producers recommended to me that I watch The Kill Point, I think is what it's called. And I thought it was a movie. I don't know that show. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a movie. Was it a movie? No. Uh, so Mickey ordered it and uh, through Netflix. And by the way, disc one and I guess disc two is coming after we send back disc one. Thank you, Netflix. And um, it turns out it's a TV series that ran on, um, I forget. But it's with Don- the USA Network. Yeah, Bravo. something like the Fuse or something. Uh, mm-hmm. And Donnie Wahlberg stars in it, uh, son of uh, a son, uh, older brother of Mark Wahlberg, of course, of Entourage. And Donnie Wahlberg was uh, the lead singer in uh, New Kids on the Block, so I know him well. And he's he's gotten a little pudgy. And uh, so I'm watching this thing. And uh, but by the way, John Leguizamo, who's a, he's an amazing actor. And it's like, and we're watching. It's like Mickey. This is a bad television show we're watching. And then it ends, and like, oh my god! And then you know, episode two comes on, and three, and we wind up watching four episodes, and before we finally quit. But what was amazing is it was really bad acting. But as we watched, and we probably watched for about two hours, we got sucked in, and and the bad acting just kind of went away. There are some really good actors in it, but the majority is just really, really poorly done. And but it's interesting because they keep breaking away for commercial, but there's no commercial because it's a DVD and it just goes kind of fades to black and then comes back. Um, but very interesting, which is the way to go. Yeah, but very interesting how this this poor acting can still suck you in somehow. I, I, it's mostly with the visuals and the music. That's why you pointed is. this out yeah, originally. It is. You it pull is. that out. You pull the visuals out. You can't pull out the music, and you just listen to it, and it's terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. The, and the visuals were good. It's uh, there's actually some good stuff in that, uh, uh, in that, uh, in that series. There's some interesting stuff. Hey, you know how uh, uh, whenever, um, whenever we, okay, so here's my assertion, which I think you kind of agree with. Whenever we're going to go kill some people for oil or something else, uh, we got to bring in our guy, right, to to make everyone feel good, and that would be uh, either George Clooney. Or uh, Harrison Ford, or someone else, but Clooney. Harrison Ford is not doing the job. No, he's uh, no, he's he's no Clooney. So uh, we're going to go kill people in Sudan again because we got to go get that oil out of there, and then we bring in Clooney. He goes to the White House, and you know, and we set him up, and he's uh, he's working. He's he's a good guy because even the elites feel bad. I mean, hey, we're going to well, we got to get this oil out of Sudan, but we got to kill some people. I feel bad about that. Yeah, me too. Hey, call Clooney. <laughs> hey, George, how you doing? So Clooney comes over and he'll do a benefit or whatever, like we did for Haiti. But uh, Russia is now taking a cue, and you know who they have? The Russian spy girl? No, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's working for the Russians. Oh yeah. Well, he's half Russian apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a whole meeting with uh, Putin. 
<laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, he had a whole meeting. Well, is he is he registered as a foreign foreign agent? He has to be. I, I don't think so, but there he is. If he comes out and says one thing that's you know that has anything to do with the Russians. He has to register as a foreign agent. He's over there sitting with Putin on the couch. Uh, and DiCaprio revealed the two of his late grandparents were Russian, and he has always wanted to bring his grandmother to St. Petersburg. I guess that was a little too late. Then he called himself half Russian. As the uh, Novosti News Agency reports here. Hmm. And uh, so there you go. Russian agent, former Soviet spy, Leonardo DiCaprio. Interesting. And so... Uh, well, I, we'll be, hearing, we'll be, we'll hear- be hearing from him on behalf of the uh, uh, regime. <laughs> you watch. I'm calling it right now. The Russians are going to go kill some people somewhere. Let me think. Uh, I'll just take one. Georgia. Uh, there's a couple other ones. And then Leonardo is going to do a benefit. Well, Chechnya, Chechnya, Chechnya. Gonna, you, know, you don't you don't bring this guy out of you know out of the woodwork, out of the blue. You have to start small, so it's going to have to be Chechnya, which we're slightly sympathetic with because they're bit. terrorists. Just, yeah, <laughs> just a so little. So DiCaprio can come out and say something about that, and we're all going to agree with him. Yeah, we're going to be like, oh Leonardo, <laughs> he is. I got to tell you, handsome man, another handsome man, Leonardo DiCaprio, just a handsome devil. That's a good call. I'll give you that one. That that because I, I will agree with it. If you're if you're at all, we'll just watch. Well, yeah, I mean, we we'll, can put we'll it on the it prediction happen. list, but it's going to probably happen sooner than later. Maybe happen in twenty days, for all we know. Wow. Yeah, I'm still freaked out about that. Let me just play that one more time. That clip. Uh, set it up one more time for us, John, because that was a that's a great yeah. This clip. is the guy uh, who is the ex congressman who was always the head of the Armed Forces Committee, Duncan, and uh, he. Uh, was on Hannity defending the TSA with, you know, the typical bull crap that these Tia Duncan Hunters, his name, you can look him up on Wikipedia, uh, which is, you know, what you do because you have to. And then he just drops a bomb in the middle of nowhere as though it was on his mind. Here we go. Excuse me. I, I, give give I believe in justice. I believe in our Constitution. You, you, you yeah. do have to have a way to, to detect explosive. I mean, that's, that's the key. No one's against that. You've got to detect enough explosive, the, the kind of explosive that could rupture How about the, dogs? the whole of it. You could, I'm sure there's ways they can do this. But, you know, there's, there's a little bit. I, I think it's done very unprofessionally. What we've seen, the, the horror stories, the bad stuff. You've got to remember, while we're sitting here, there's people fighting in Afghanistan right now. Some of those young guys in Helmand province will be dead mm-hmm. uh, in 20 days because there's heavy firefights going on. We're Americans uh, and we're asked to uh, to uh, endure some inconveniences. Unbelievable. Because words do matter. Well, we'll keep our eye on that one. 20 days around December yeah. 15th right after the bank run in Europe should be interesting. And I'm always wondering, you know, you have a somebody like Han- is Hannity so disconnected from his the people there that he's just blathering his no. oh the Democrats and the Democrats and the, he does he never hears this stuff because if you're like hosting and if you're interviewing and this guy says something like that why don't you pounce on it? Because, what do you mean in 20 days? Because he's an MK Ultra subject. If I ever seen one, if I ever seen an MK Ultra, it's Hannity, and he's he's of the right age. Right? He, yeah. I, he's MK Yeah, Ultra. he is of the right age. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's MK Ultra. Absolutely. All right, Johnny Boy, I think uh, we, uh, we can kind of wrap it up. Uh, I do want to say, uh, and I'll probably talk, I'm probably going to do a daily source code tomorrow, the Black Friday edition, uh, that I am now, uh, I've now completely migrated my email off of Gmail. 
I uh, am using uh, GNU PGP. I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Uh, but I also, for those of you using Macs, this is this is the outrageously cool thing I've got set up, John. And it actually helped on today's program uh, enormously. Uh, there's this program called Mail Steward. And what it does is it goes into your email program. It sucks out your email and stores it in a MySQL database. And then you can search your email. It is almost instantaneous. I, I am beating Google by 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 three, four, five, a factor of five times in speed on searching my email. It's like, boom, immediately you get it. And I got like a... 300,000 emails in uh, in the database now. It's Well, that's fantastic. the difference between the cloud and local. Right, but but it's it's amazing that I mean the thing is with these SQL databases is that it doesn't really scale for a lot of users. So what I'm doing here really only kind of works if you're uh, if you're doing it yourself, but it wasn't all that hard to set I mean it wasn't trivial, but it wasn't all that hard to set up. And uh screw the cloud, man. I'm loving it. This is and the guy who made uh this program, Mail Steward, you know, he charged like 49 bucks or whatever. So I PayPal him. And then I, I get a note from him. He's like, oh, my God, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak said, I followed you two guys for years. And you're doing a show together? Here's your 49 bucks back. Hmm. And, uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a great program. And, uh, and it's, it's cool. I've actually set it up over the, uh, over the network. So it's running on my, uh, on my OSX server. And I can access it from anywhere. You could even use, uh, what do you call it, uh, PHP My Admin. <laughs> I'm loving this stuff. And you just, uh, it, we need more of this. You need more people coming up with ideas to, to suck your email out of your email program and put it into a SQL database. It is, um, it, you have not lived life until you've searched your email uh, in a MySQL database. You would love it, John. You really would. I would because I, right now the situation is is crap. It's out of control. <laughs> I mean, I can, the cloud is useless. I mean, you try to search for it within the context of the text. The the you know, in other words, the not the not the subject lines which you can find mostly. Right. Uh, you no, can't it take, find it. It, it, takes just, forever. it just kills. It just dies in the spot. Right. No. I so I can do the entire. In fact, I can do search on the raw email itself. So if I look, if I just want to find Dvorak and Kripes. You know, within seconds, I've got every single email you sent to me, which had the word "cripes" in it. Which, which is, is about a, half it's a long that. list. <laughs> it's a very long list. All right, everybody. Well, um, I'm uh, starting in about yeah, about an hour and a half from now with uh, my turkey. I've got uh, the Brussels sprouts on the stick. I've got uh, the yams. I'm going to do your yam recipe, John. I got the bourbon. And I'm doing uh, mashed potatoes. I'm doing uh, corn on the cob. And uh, what else was I doing? Something like that. Yeah. And Christina's coming over. She's going to bake a cake. Sounds like you're going to have a nice mess on your hands. I'm very excited about it. It's kind of freaky for me because I've never cooked this big before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, start at one, and uh, I need you'll be able to take a couple breaks. <laughs> I need, I need it's mostly karma. getting the turkey and then sitting around for three or four hours and then starting the rest of the stuff. Yeah, it's all about timing. And you? You got the family over? Everybody's here, and they're all looking forward to the fantastic kosher turkey that I'll be cooking uh, shortly. We'll say hi, said my love. And coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California, in the morning I'm the former Soviet spy known as Adam Curry.
And from northern Silicon Valley, the home of Ready Kilowatt, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda.